Now what will it be? Death or exile? All right, we're gonna start with the I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. Should we not follow the advice of the galactically stupid? You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Worst part of it is they're gonna blame us for the whole thing. And they can't have people knowing the truth. We're the best in The cover-up. Don't forget, we're the exiles. Very well. Death! <laughs> By exile. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the latest episode of the Exiles Network podcast. Today, we have something extra special for you. Um, as you know, this is the first podcast that we're recording post release the Snyder Cut or after the Snyder Cut was announced uh, to be more specific. So there's a lot of interesting things to talk about, a lot of interesting things to ponder, and a lot of unexplored territory to to visit. So I cannot wait to talk about it. I have three guests with me today who I'm extremely excited to talk about this information with. Um, the first one, of course, is my brother in arms, Manu. How's it going? <laughs> well said, Woo! Manu. You're like SpongeBob. Woo! Woo! <laughs> I feel great, Mike. I feel great, Mike. <laughs> it was hard. We fought, but I knew we could do it, Mike. <sighs> Manu, you sound like an Apollo Creed, man. Rocky. That's actually what I'm going for. Come on, Hayward. <laughs> I was going for like an athlete. You run a marathon, and you just, you just, you just, you just, um. You, just, going, you ran through the ribbon and you're just like your arms yeah, are spread out. Yeah, I was trying to go for like an athlete that just like won this big ass match or a fight. Absolutely. We did. He's getting interviewed and like just just woo! Woo! Anything is possible. <laughs> I believe the phrase is David and Goliath, right? Bro, David that's and Goliath. exactly what happened here where David took down Goliath, but we didn't have a we didn't have a slingshot. We had a Twitter account. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm doing doing so well, Mike. I I feel better than I have for for two and a half years. Uh, God, it's just it's just woo. Absolutely, your shoulders, right? You know. (laughs) Yeah, I feel I feel lighter than I've ever been. I wake up every morning and I like pinch myself, like, is this for real? Is this for real? And then I check to make sure I wasn't dreaming. What it's, it's better real. than it was yesterday. The Zack Snyder cut. We fucking won. We won. Woo! Absolutely. Yeah, that's how I feel. I'm good. Thank you. Nice. Well, hey, awesome testimonial from Manu. Oh. <laughs> love when he love hearing him jacked. Um, and we have Hayward back with us again. It's been a while, Hayward. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Like Manu, I, just, I feel like doing backflips, but I can't do backflips because of my age and <laughs> I have no agility to do that. But <laughs> unbelievably, it's just like I, hey. I know I'm going to offend an atheist on here. It's like divine intervention or something because that's the story of David and Goliath. But <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Unbelievable what has happened. You can do a GIF backflip on Twitter. Just post one a GIF on Twitter. That'll exactly. That's what I need to do. Hey, hey, make sure you tag AT and T. Do it. They'll respond. (laughs) Guys, literally. I mean, I don't. I think real men cry, and that's just my opinion, you know. But I was just bawling. I mean, when, of course, when they had the uh, watch party, man, it's still a watch party. And then Cavill came on there, and all the other rumors. You just knew. 
You knew mm -hmm. it was just a matter of time. It was going to yeah. happen. And as improbable as it was, you just, you got, you got to just hang on and right. keep fighting and persevere. It's kind of a metaphor for life. You got to persevere right. through adversity in your life. Yeah. And well, things can the, change. The movement is so. very analogous of the show, of the movies that Zach has made up to this point. Very much. Very you know, much as far so. as like the, the the values that you know the movement embodies, I think it's very analogous. Yes. It's funny because I uh, um I didn't after watching the the actual event right I was like just staring into space like I was like completely shocked and the whole time I was just texting people retweeting and just like thinking yeah, and texting and retweeting and thinking and I was just like the whole day I was just kind of like in this daze like I wasn't really like that jacked I didn't even shout I didn't like tear up or anything and then today I watched that that video of HBO Max where they kind of cut it up and they put like this like super hype you know video together with the the, the clips from Vero and at that point I got emotional I'm like this is just so this is just crazy. Like, this is so, I, it feels like so good to be validated in this way. Cause I, I haven't felt like I've been validated in this way in a long time. In like, in a long, like, more in, than two in, and a half years. Like, absolutely. like in, in other words, woo! Yeah. Woo! <laughs> woo! 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 Yeah. Don't hate word, Arca. Woo! <laughs> we need all four woos here. Oh, by the way, Arca is also in this pod. I'm so happy. Yeah, Arca, come on. Horrible hey, guest, dog. Yeah. You're a horrible host, dog. It's great to see you know, yeah. uh, exile on this it, podcast. Thank you guys so. for inviting me. Yeah. It's, 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 it's great to be here. And it's for the first time I'm here. Like, and it, it, it's awesome. I guess, you know, the exiles are awesome. And and we did it. I mean, I, I didn't expect it to be so early, but we did it, like, in a matter of 2.5 years. You're right, Arca. Right, right. No, I, I think, I, I mean, because, you know, Superman took, like, what, 26 years? Even though people didn't campaign until, like, much later. And 2.5 yeah, years. Yeah, that's a good point, Mark. Are you talking about the Donner Cut, right? The Superman yeah, 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 yeah. Donner Cut? Yeah, How long it took? Yeah. 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 And 26 yeah. years, I mean. Also, this is a different world we live in. Like, I mean, this social media not only exists, but on top of that, it influences the, the kind of content and the way that we interact with content creators in a different way like th this situation could never have happened in that time you know it's not yeah so it's a yeah. different situation altogether unless you got like tons and tons of just mail fan mail you know just like right. that's all you that's all they had back then you could just send letters and letters and letters and that's uh -huh. that's all you could do mm -hmm. so and right. that's the beauty of twitter i mean you can tweet just a small little little letter little tweet and I had somebody in the movement say to me, "This, what you're doing is a waste of time." And uh, we all had I said, that. No, it is not a waste of time. You know, this is, this is, this. If if you get maybe if it's one or ten people, and that's all you got, but if it's thousands, it's millions, for you. It's <laughs> not a waste of time. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, but I I agree with that because you know. Uh, uh, you you wouldn't expect that because this hasn't happened before. Like just using Twitter no. to release extended cut, but I mean this is a monumental thing. I mean we right. don't realize it now, but I mean, we we might. But I I still don't understand like how did this happen so early? And and I think especially from the responses from AT and T, I think there's a chance of a, the air cut being released much sooner, like than two point five years. We want to see that, and you know, there's a, there's a as a cloud for that. Right. So, yeah, the next step is, yeah, I guess that.
Absolutely. For sure. Well, hey, let's kind of get into the, uh, the meat and potatoes here. We have a very interesting, uh, riveting, and yet uh, structured forum that we have uh, coming up for you guys. So basically, this uh, whole entire podcast, if we haven't really deciphered it yet, is basically about the... Uh, after the cut. Matter of fact, uh, that's what we're going to be titling the podcast today. It'll be um, after the cut. And this is basically to talk about the effects of the cut because there's plenty of people out there right now talking about what's going to be in the cut. What haven't we seen yet? Um, you know, uh, you know, will the cut will it mm-hmm. validate some of the the ideas, the rumors that we've had, all these kind of things, like things about the actual movie itself. But I want to talk more about the implications of the cut, not just for this franchise, DC as a whole, as a brand, not just for Warner Brothers, but the entire entertainment industry and even social media and the interactivity between, once again, creators and the the fans. So I want to talk about all those things and how this is going to have an impact because there are some far-reaching implications, I believe. And I think that um, there's plenty of room to have discussion about that. So let's go ahead and start off and kick it off with the first question that I have for you guys today. And that is, this is kind of broad strokes. Let's kind of keep it, uh, let's keep it, you know, not too, too ranty because there's a lot of things you could say with this one question. But what do you think will change in the movie industry after the cut is released not just announced but released well here's the thing the precedent is this and some people are you know as arca put it it's monumental uh i can't put it any other better way the precedent is this and it's not just that something like this came about you know through social media it's that studios or corporations in general they have direct contact with their direct contact with their consumers or their customers now. So they, before, you know, they have to guess and say, well, you know, did, they, did somebody really want this or, you know, that kind of thing. And now there's really no need to guess, you know, right. it's, that's the thing to me that's going to change. And it's, yeah, it's going to change the entertainment industry and it's going to change, I think businesses and corporations in general. And how they listen to the public, how they listen to consumers, how they listen to their customers, so on and so forth. So, mm-hmm. uh, Manu Arca, when you guys got some uh, insight, hey Manu, go ahead. Okay, I was I was I was I was gonna let you go ahead, uh, but um, well, Hollywood has been in like. A strange kind of state in the past few years, yes. Uh, especially with uh, the rise of of uh, home entertainment becoming better, and mm-hmm. you know stuff like streaming making it more difficult for them to um, for them to compete. Uh, so Hollywood has been in a state where it has had to change the way it operates if it wanted to continue to survive, and it's not the first time they've been in that situation. It's always found a way. They had, to face, they had to face television, and they figured it out. And now they have to face a much different beast, which is streaming. And we'll get into that later. But as far as it goes with this cut, for me, it goes much more to the idea of what fandom represents within Hollywood. 
because uh, this is something that we've that I've talked about with you guys before, but like I don't think we've ever done a pod about it. But I felt for a few years now that there has been an assault on fandom. There has been this this desire to get rid of fans. Uh, that uh, the these Excellent movies points. that these movies that are made mm-hmm. that the the primary uh, the primary figure to attack or to try to attract are the quote unquote general audience because there there are more of them, and and sometimes in chasing that you also have to remember the fans that have their demands and that you have to please as well. So I felt for the past few years that there has been this this rising this rising feeling to get rid of fans altogether because they don't matter. Uh, and I think that this victory is not only a victory for for the movement, but it's a victory for fandom. It's a victory for us still mattering because I think that a lot of studios didn't want to listen to the fans or what they wanted for the longest time. That's right. And, yeah. and, and like you mentioned, Mike, like feeling validated and feeling like you're being listened to, that means a lot. And I think that that's what's important. Like for too long, especially when we talk about genre films, the studios have kind of been very lazy about it. Their attitude has always been, we're going to please a certain group, and then that certain group is going to to sell it for us to the fans, right? right? So yeah. that basically cut out our voice. Uh, and if That's that wasn't true. the case, what happened with Batman v Superman would have never happened because Batman v Superman did have fans. It did have people that loved that movie, but instead, of, but our voices weren't heard. The voices of the bloggers and the critics and the internet writers were heard. So I think that this victory, this it's going to force these studios to listen to us again because they need to understand that their voices and ours don't necessarily match. And I mm-hmm. think that's incredibly important for Hollywood going forward. Uh, Arka, what, do you, what are your thoughts about uh, how the movie industry will change as a result of the Snyder Cut of Justice League? Oh, I, just, I, I just want to say, like, you know, great points like, because I, I didn't think in the fashion that, you know, like this, this is actually fandom versus not not necessarily versus general audience, but more versus uh, studio preference or, or, you know, which appeals to studio more. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, he's and I, I guess he's right. I mean, he is right that you know uh, people are trying to the studio are trying to like uh, shut down our voices, like saying that I mean they, they, we don't matter. Uh, mm-hmm. But my point was uh, that you know some some uh, studios are going to respond positively to the Snyder Cut being released, but some studios might not. Like, for example, uh, I, I don't think we can expect Disney to re- uh, listen to Star Wars fandom. You never, you never know. Yeah, but but look at how they treated the fans after they boycotted Solo. They just, you know, they canceled, like, the Solo sequel. And I think uh, they uh, were making, they're making a new trilogy, a trilogy with, uh, I guess, other directors like Taika, yeah. 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 I heard about Ryan Johnson doing a trilogy, and I've heard a lot of different, you know, various things. But the point is that they are taking it back to the drawing board, and they're kind of in the same scenario that we were, where it's like, you know, we know we've done some some damage, we know that we've done some reform here, but um, we don't really know exactly how it's going to actualize itself yet. The Star Wars thing is an interesting thing because. It's kind of like the opposite of what WB did. You know, it's like, oh, we don't care. We're just going to continue to make this, you know, and, and do it what we think is right. And 
that we'll listen to you a little bit because solo didn't make money, but we're still just going to, you know, go through with whatever we plan to do. Um, and you know, the, really the problem in my opinion is Kathleen Kennedy, but, uh, as great as a producer she is and her resume, it just is not working with star Wars. It's not working. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and it's, I, I don't know why it's not working. I think personally it's because Bob Iger is a control freak. So he's a micromanager, <laughs> but, um, and I don't care if you CEO and people say, Oh, well, he has to listen to a board and all that stuff. This guy thinks that he is, you know, the greatest executive in Hollywood history. And really it's just blind luck has got him to where he is. And he's a real estate buyer. That's all he is. He just <laughs> buys up properties and that's his reputation. So, mm. um, so at any rate, the Star Wars thing is really interesting because I'm, I agree with Arca. I'm, I'm not sure Disney is going to listen to you know what's going on with their fans with Star right. Wars at all, and they have a huge fractured fan base, probably even more fractured than DC was, you know, yeah, until obviously this week. So this past week, rather. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, I think those are all really great, uh, great points about kind of you know fandom. Um, the attitude that Hollywood has had toward it, you know, towards it, and um, you know how the cut has an effect on. It. I think those are all really great points. Now let's kind of talk a little bit more about the platforms now. Okay, so COVID nineteen it's a real thing. We're several months in. <laughs> uh, we're all probably streaming most of our content, and streaming isn't new, but it's definitely. Um, been propelled into the future due to recent events, right? So right. now that the cuts being come out, this huge movie, right? The movie, the movie's budget is already super bloated. They had the budget, they had to do reshoots. They well, they didn't have to do reshoots, but they did a lot of reshoots. Um, and now we have another twenty to thirty mil being included to expand upon the original, uh, the original idea, right? So we have this huge triple A justice league like historical movie coming out exclusively on a streaming platform so the question that begs to be asked is how is that going to have an effect on streaming manu what are your thoughts well again i think that um i mean i think that it's this is a unique situation we kind of have to keep that in mind that this is a movie that was meant to be released on the biggest screens in IMAX and Dolby and so on and so forth, whatever you Absolutely. can think of. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, because of that, that's why the budget was as high as it originally was, you know, um, uh, before, well, according to what we know, before... Uh, <clears throat> uh, before, uh, before Wheaton's reshoots, they're at uh, around $250 million. I don't think that's that uh, streaming services will give that kind of a budget to 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 their films. I think that it'll be a lot more like what we're seeing with Netflix around that ninety hundred mil. Uh, maybe they'll push mm -hmm. it to two. Maybe they'll push it to one hundred and fifty mil, uh, depending on what the work is. Uh, I think uh, Scorsese's uh, Irishman was a very uh, special and unique situation because Netflix wanted that win. It wanted to show that right. it could do this. So I don't think that and, this is and Paramount had that originally. Paramount yeah. had that mm -hmm. movie, and they just don't. They just said we don't. We don't want to yeah. release this for whatever reason because they're stupid and their yeah. <laughs> studios. So, their studio so, is not doing well. 
So, so you know. I don't think that we're gonna but. see this happening often. I think that this is, but I do think that that streaming needs to be taken seriously. I think that you know, it, it, like I think that it's become over the years, it's become more and more prominent. I think actors and directors and artists are starting to look at it as a way of getting their stories told without, mm-hmm. you know, having to deal constantly with the pressures and um, also the infrastructure of a Hollywood system. I mean, I know that Mike and I disagree a lot about Netflix and its way of doing things, but from everything that I know, they approach things very different from, uh, let's say, Warner's or Disney or Paramount. So... I think that this is this is a big get for HBO Max. They're gonna have something that nobody else out there has, and if they're if they are smart enough and if they are prepared to do it, and 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 kind of find a way to incorporate Snyder's original vision for the DCEU as a mainstay of that platform, I, I think that that's going to change the game forever. I totally agree with everything you just said, mm-hmm. and I think of. I think of something along the lines of Game of Thrones or The Witcher or something like yeah. that. Game of Thrones, HBO, The Witcher, you know, Netflix. These are some of the more, I would imagine, more bigger budgeted shows. Uh, Westworld, you know, those kinds mm-hmm. of things. Um, Man, Westworld and, is um, really fucking expensive. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like an expensive show. Yeah. It really does. I mean, that, that is not a cheap show. It, it is very, you know, done very well, very intricately done. The effects are, are very you know, incredible in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, but, um, you know, I think it is going to change things significantly as far as with streaming to me, the board has been reset. The pandemic has reset the streaming board. And if people were thinking, you know, well, does CBS all access have a chance or, you know, does, you know, HBO max have a chance or Disney plus. Yeah. You know, they got a chance now because, I think everybody just realized they were, we're just all stuck at home or working from home or doing everything from home. And, you know, it's changed people's mindsets. Whereas before mm-hmm. it was just Netflix and prime. And now I don't think people are looking at it that way anymore. I know that right. Disney Plus's numbers have gone up astronomically, you know, since the, the virus and the pandemic that's going on. So um, I think that Stanky, John Stanky, who runs Time Warner and, you know, is big up in AT&T, they were going to do this, but they accelerated their plans and said, we got to strike now. Now is the time to strike. People are sitting at home. They're bombarding us with release the Snyder Cut every day, GIFs, you know, pics, all this other kind of stuff, and being adamant about it. We got to strike now. Now's the perfect time. The MCU is doesn't have a movie coming out because they had to delay black widow and now's the time they got there's right. no news outside of sam raimi that about the mcu and so it was a brilliant strategy i think very brilliant strategy to say let's get this done let's get it let's get it out there and uh, obviously the stats are showing that there's more fans than what the media and the bloggers have made out to be and let's take this and let's run with it and give mm-hmm. the fans what they want and promote HBO Max as a result of that. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, it's it's that cut is going to change everything. Like, uh, uh, it's I, because yeah, because we know now that they're also thinking of releasing the following movies. As you said, this, the releasing the following standardverse movies will, especially, it'll be a game changer for HBO Max. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and and 
Because so, let's face it, their lineup is boring. Their lineup was boring before this. Yeah, in my opinion. yeah. So I, I, I actually disagree. I actually love what HBO Max is doing. It's going to be a literal hub for like everything. Like if you like uh, the cartoon section, so they have stuff for kids. They have sure. stuff for grown-ups. They have meant, like the classic original films. content. I, uh, I didn't uh, see anything about original content that really jumped out at me. That I was like, okay, well, I agree with know. that. I'll agree with that. I'll agree That's what that. I was talking about. Okay, I, 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 I totally with agree with you. I mean, Warner Brothers library is vast and yeah, yeah, animation and so on and so forth, but. Right. You know, it's uh also I think um the idea of original content's gonna change because like so with movies, like okay, if you can't go to the theater, everything that comes out first on your platform is not so much original content, it's more like, like exclusive content, I guess you could say. That's um, a good way to put it. Or or more of a mixture of 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 the two. Because like for instance, Netflix, they have a lot, so they can produce their own stuff, but I don't think I've seen any Netflix originals yet. I've only seen Netflix exclusives so far. Uh H you know, Warner Brothers, of course, has made very many HBO originals. Um but a lot of these movies that are coming out, um, you know, I don't know. I just I think it's gonna be interesting to see more Warner Brothers content coming out that can't find a theater so it's going to automatically end up being an exclusive like the snyder cut yeah absolutely uh, the yeah. other thing that struck me when the hbo max uh, list was unveiled as far as what's going to be on their site wb through hbo has arranged for movies from all kinds of studios to be on their site mm -hmm. so it's not just warner brothers content or they're from their library, you know, MGM and RKO and Warner Brothers and all that, you know, and um, Allied Artists, which because they own a vast, huge library going all the way back, you know, to yeah. the, tw the mm -hmm. silent days. But it's also, you know, their deal. I guess they were able to broker somehow their deals with HBO, with all these other studios to put other movies on there. So, but as far as what they're doing with this, I think by far, let's be honest. Uh, even this is bigger than the Friends reunion, whatever they're doing with that. And I could care I less about that. This is <laughs> this is massive. And uh, to get Zack Snyder to buy into this when he was talking about doing, you know, Ayn Rand's The Fountainhead for HBO, that project, I don't know what's going on with it, but it seems like yeah. it's left in the dust because of this. And maybe him being brought back in as some sort of, you know, producer to work with Walter Hamada and some sort of, visionary strange direction now so mm -hmm. um, i actually think that it'll be more split than anything i don't think he'll be working with homada i i don't think that's no but they have to have meetings with each other though manu is what i'm saying I again mean, like to... i said it at the top hbo max is not wb they're two no, they're very they're two very different entities and honestly if it wasn't for that we wouldn't have this if it wasn't for hbo max becoming a thing and breaking apart and being like we want this we're gonna do this we wouldn't be here because wb would not have done it so, yeah, so the streaming thing, I mean, yeah, it's definitely going to change. And, and yeah, it, it, it has a vast library of things, and I agree. And, they can, you, know, they could have, you know, they could have given Snyder Cut a theatrical release, like maybe a limited mm -hmm. theatrical release, but they chose it to put it in the streaming because they wanted the stream to go, you know, you know worldwide. They wanted the stream to go public. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and this is a great opportunity. So... You know, are they going to do the same thing? I mean, and they're going to keep doing the same thing, except maybe for movies like, you know, like the more original movies by, like, 
more established directors I, and i'm i don't mean zack snyder is not established i mean like established in the eyes of one sure. of those like right uh, like nolan and you know uh villanovu and right. you know others. i would even argue that snyder is established in the eyes of warner brothers oh I mean, absolutely like, <laughs> I, but but if they didn't think so before they know now <laughs> after yeah. they released the snyder cut. i mean, he, I mean he's they, made they, them so much money like it's you know, I, I don't. I, I think um, he's contentious. Like that's that's not even a sure. Uh, that's that's a cold take. But that's what um, we love about him. But if you're looking at it from like the standpoint of how much money he's made, uh, mm-hmm. how much interactions he's gotten, like you know, of course, social media interactions is a big important part of of gauging on whether a movie has viability or not. They're, it's high. I mean, people who don't like him still go see his movies. So it doesn't matter if you say you don't like him. As long Mike, as you pay for it. The big thing with Snyder is this. You know, I mean, all the masterpieces this guy has made, and he gets crapped on constantly all the time by people who know zero about movies. I'm sorry. They know zero about <laughs> movies. Right? I, I, I James agree. Cameron I, I, and these people, other people that know filmmaking, they're just hailing Snyder as like, this guy is can just make creative unbelievable reconstructions you know of of film right and the other thing is this the big telltale thing in all of this guys is this superman was a very you know was becoming a left behind character he was becoming something like the lone ranger or the shadow or something that almost it was almost getting to that bad i'm sorry i'm a huge superman fan and I've been that way since Super Friends and since Man of Steel, uh, excuse me, since the Man of Steel, uh, John Byrne comic book series and Reeve, of course, as well. But Snyder has added so many Superman, new Superman fans. It's unbelievable. Sure. He has taken that character and brought it into a larger modern context of the world. And people see and he has retained the, the character's integrity regardless of what people say. He's totally nailed it. And that is the one defining factor of how of how uh, incredible he is as far as being able to get people's attention. Of course, it occurred with Watchmen before that. He took mm-hmm. people that people never even heard of Watchmen and then became somewhat of a phenomenon <laughs> after mm-hmm. that. But he has reestablished Superman as something cool and interesting right. instead right. of some corny Boy Scout that had been, you know, had dirt thrown in his face and was like, oh, yeah, that's the guy that started our whole comic line. But Batman <laughs> yeah, is bigger. Right. Well, you know? um, so, yeah, all, all great points. Um, let's kind of go ahead and move on to uh, the theatrical release or a, p- a potential theatrical release. So uh, it's been talked about. Uh, a lot of this is going to have to do, of course, with the projection of, you know, the whole health crisis thing going on right now. But... Do you guys believe that there will be a theatrical release of the cut? Um, what, are your, I don't, what are you guys? Thoughts? I don't know. I really don't know. I think that they should. I mean, Snyder's movies need to be seen on a big screen. Mm. Exactly. I don't yeah. know what's how that fits with the pandemic. I mean, it's and and you know, I I think we're coming out of it. But what do you, you know, think, Arca? Yeah. So I was thinking only that. You know, maybe they will, but now I'm thinking like maybe they won't because you know they want the streaming to go. You know, so they want both things. They want to release Snyder Cut and they want the streaming to right. you know go big. Right. Like like they wanted to compete to Netflix and Disney Plus. So I think they're gonna n- not give it a theatrical release and just mm-hmm. you know, so that you know more people will of course you know start. Right. 
It's, it's such a tough question to answer. It's a very tough question. I think that they will do something, but it'll be like uh-huh. in the major cities or something. And it'll be like yeah. one day, like one night, like BBS, if that. So, uh-huh. you know, BBS. Yeah, I, wish. I, mean. I, I think it depends because we're still not even sure what the format of this thing is going to be. We don't, we're not even guaranteed if it's going to be a four-hour movie or if it's going to be, like they said, the Good idea point. of like the miniseries thing. So. Right. I think that until we know more, it's really hard to say which is which is it going to be. But I think like the question that we should be asking is, uh, would we mind if it didn't come out in theaters? I think that's a really real question that we need to ask ourselves. Mm. Uh, me personally, I would love to see Snyder's movies on the big screen as he intended it to be. Mm. But if it doesn't happen, I think I'd be okay with it. Right. Um, but uh, uh, if uh, I, I, it's really hard to say right now because we just don't have enough information. I mean, we're we're recording this on May twenty fourth, a few days after the announcement, mm-hmm. and and we're still getting news about stuff that might be coming out, and we're still getting rumors about other projects and so on and so forth. I think it's too still too soon to tell. But I I I don't. I would lean towards. I don't think that we're gonna get one. But you know. <laughs> I, well, I've been you know, when, when they when they said that it was coming out, doesn't it say exclusively on HBO yeah, Max? So it does. I, the only thing I'm saying is that I, that's why my answer is I don't know. Yeah, same I here. could see, I could see a one night run BVS Ultimate if the pandemic is over, you know, and the cures found or vaccine whatever, where they could do that like a one night or something, and that that to me is all you're going to get. I don't think you're going to get a wide release at all. Unless it becomes something that Snyder becomes popular, like super popular with everybody, <laughs> uh, which you know we know that's not going to happen because Zach is too challenging. He, he challenges people. So I like to go ahead and add, you know, so. something because I like this discussion about um, about the whole, you know, whether it'll be a, a release, you know, theatrical or not. But kind of going back a little bit to what we were talking about before about the streaming, uh, and the, actually this is uh, thanks to uh, Comic Book Nostalgia, who I have. Uh, I'm in a chat with, uh, so that's at CBN Nostalgia or CB Nostalgia. But um, he actually introduced the idea of them doing like a series for the sake of marketing purposes, mm-hmm. but it's still being a movie. Like, there's no reason why you can't watch it in four hours. Like, just because it's a, it's because the thing is, it's not made as a show, right? It's not. So, no. you can't turn a movie into a show you can't you can't do it very what hard you can to do, do if, However, if, if somebody's gonna seen, do it it's gonna be zach <laughs> if somebody's very, gonna do it it's gonna be zach that's <laughs> very true Mono. And, and it's not it's not unprecedented guys have you seen the widow the widow with uh kate beckinsale uh that movie that excuse me rather that tv show though episodic is basically a movie that's I mean, eight episodes it, long Tarantino kind of did it with the the Hateful Eight. I think that that's he the, did. Yeah, that's point, the, the most apt co- comparison. Uh, he did do it with the Hateful Eight, but the Hateful Eight is cut up already in chapters in the original form. But there is talk of Snyder doing extra work, uh, reshooting the uh, not uh, doing additional photography. Um, so if I'm sh- like again, uh, if 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 it's gonna be a series, he can he can find places in. The, Excuse me. Uh, he can find places within that story to stop and like have a cliffhanger or, or ending. If anybody yeah. can do it, it's. it's I don't believe be it. I don't believe he's going to compromise. I think that that's no. a compromise. Yeah. I think I, what he's going to I, do I think is, is done compromising. I think what he's going to do so. 
is he's going to allow Warner Brothers to split it up ready <laughs> to split it up so that way you can market it throughout maybe like on a weekly or maybe bi-weekly um situation I, I, right like, hey one second buddy one second <laughs> um, so that way that way you can you can increase the hype like hey you know you have it in pieces you keep people sustained sure. right and then at the end maybe like you know a few weeks a few months down the road release or maybe immediately after release the entire thing to watch as a movie and then maybe a little bit after that have a Here's, physical release you know, so spread it out keep the Mike, hype state. i think it's gonna be okay. i i think it's gonna be like the widow or either what manu was talking about with hateful eight and then when if when you buy the blu-ray 4k blu-ray it'll be a movie Right, like I think that hey, ultimately but, but, there will be a movie version. I don't think Snyder is going to forsake that that cinematic, you know, single movie epic uh, for a for a show that has to be watched with you know commercial breaks, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I could, I could, you know, I don't think he'll at all, you know, make it a TV show because you know he had the, I think he had the opportunity to make Watchmen a TV show or or maybe even. You know, like to mm -hmm. put in a, you know, but there's no, there's no way to, you know, to break it up in two parts. I mean, there's no, you don't have a cliffhanger in the middle. Like it's, it's a yeah. continuous flow. I, I don't really know. Yeah. I, I mean, Arca, you bring you up can, you some can good bring points. Up, no, you could break up but... Watchmen in a, in a 12 episode season because the comic itself is broken up into 12 separate issues sure. that Snyder followed pretty close to the, pretty closely in his movie. That I think that what people forget is yes, Zach is is an artist and he's a creative, but I think a lot of times people forget that that man is an incredibly shrewd businessman. Him and Debbie understand; uh, they they have a really good understanding of the business. To give you an example, the reason why his his production company is always going to be credited when we see a movie from. Momoa's Aquaman or from Godot's Wonder Woman That's because right. they were smart from the beginning. They understood what was going to happen. Not, not necessarily this whole thing that they were going to get kicked off or whatever, but they knew that as long as... They don't as, have complete control over everything they do. Yeah, even yeah. if they don't have control, they still get a paycheck. That's right. They still and get a me, paycheck. To me, the big thing that the Snyder Cut was going to come out in a year or two or even less was when they started doing Ink for the People and it had all the DC insignias on it. You cannot do that without the studio and DC's permission. But I don't... It, like, like, I, the, like the or, hoodie, for or example... Host, or host commentaries. But, but I don't think like, you can do that without the studio's permission. Well, he can because he doesn't show the movie during, the, the, during his presentation. The camera's on him and not the movie. Well, he does show the logo. He flips sure. it around to make sure that people set up yeah. and stuff. So... Sure. I'm not sure he can do any of this stuff without but the studio even, or DC. I but really even don't like the, can. even the, mm -hmm. the what you call it, the the ink to the people stuff. It, it's not the DC logos. It's the logos that he created for this iteration of the, like like Mike, you have the hoodie, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I have like the, I have the hoodie and the T-shirt. I'm wearing I, it right now. I'm always yeah, wearing this so, thing. So, <laughs> so like the Mono, that the originals are copyrighted, and he had to get permission to okay. to to redo them. So I, I think that there's something in uh, every, you know, you guys know everything has a contract nowadays, everything. Yeah. So, but. Hey, yeah, what's, I, I see your point, but, but I, I have to say there are the two different things. Like, you know, one is like, I mean, he plans ahead, right? So the Justice League wasn't planned ahead to be a series. It was planned ahead to be a movie. Correct. Whereas, you know, yeah. the, the, you know, uh, the, the Ayn Rand thing, like it, it was there's supposed a way to be a series. Both. 
Yeah, yeah I don't sure. Know. I, know. I don't know what, what I, the answer but what is, I'm but saying there's a way is, you can do both. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, if they come to him and they're like, we're going to give you $30 million, and he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, if I can shoot, if I can add specific scenes where we could cut that, like, that could be the end of that chapter, then it can be, then it could be done. And I think sure, that that's can. what's going ha- to gonna happen. It's going to come out over, like, a period of six to seven weeks, uh, building up the hype every week. It's going to be just like Game of Thrones was. And then at the end of it, it's just gonna come out in one block of a movie. I think that that's just. I think yes. it just makes sense. Honestly. When the 4K can, Blu-ray yeah. comes out. No, yes. even no, even on the streaming site. Even on the gonna, streaming site, they'll so. put the whole thing. I think that both can happen. Well, th- th- this is my thoughts on the matter, right? So if I'm, or being, maybe you'll have an option. If if I'm trying to be as objective as I can about it, I think that, mm. um, I think that Snyder may be willing to work with Warner Brothers. In that way, okay. Uh, of course, what's considered uh, a compromise and what isn't is kind of up to interpretation. So I'm not gonna get. That's not. I'm not really interested in talking about that so much. Like it doesn't matter. Like if you if you like that idea, or if you don't, it, that that's besides the point. Um, I do think that he would be willing to do something like that. So yeah, I can I can see that happening. However, um, I don't like that idea. Um, I don't I don't no. think that the idea is great. Um, even with some modifications, I think um, in order to create something that's truly without compromise and that's truly genuine and with integrity, you have to create that product from the ground up, right? Just like Man of Steel, BVS sure. in this movie is from the ground up. Um, last minute changes can happen, but when they're dramatic, like turn, turning it into a an episodic show, because the way that you create you know, a narrative, a TV show, is that every episode has a has a has a story yeah. structure right Mike, you, I, I agree with what you're saying i'm just wondering i'm just brainstorming here is there a way to to create an option where well, you, yeah, absolutely. you can there, watch there it episodically or you can watch yeah. it as a movie right. you know and that's I mean, exactly and i think that's exactly what's going to happen right. I, don't, I don't think we should spend too much time on it because i'm pretty sure that that's what's going to happen you're going to have both because it, it makes sense for hbo max to try to draw it out as much as they can so i think that it's a good way for both sides to get what they want hbo max can get their big entry point into streaming and they can like get the the people to stay on for two months of, of subscription money and then snyder can have his movie out the way that he wants it afterwards I think it's it's a it's a respectful and especially if they're gonna give him money to do that and to add scenes that he wants to do too, shit like it's a win win for everyone and this Absolutely. like and and win wins don't happen very often. Yeah. And, and honestly, air's cut too. Air's and cut honestly, too what I'm I'm so. really looking forward to is like those six weeks are gonna be amazing for us because like honestly like every week we're going to get an episode People and we're going to be talking about it and we're going to be talking about it and we're going to break it down and we're going to like go into it and then we're going to have excitement continuously right. build up from week to week to week right. i think that that's something also that yeah. you should well, be looking forward to well, i think we information that i'm going to be looking out for uh before cuz we have a whole year before it comes out yeah, so we don't actually know if it's if it's going to be that or not it's all conjecture however but i think we answered a big uh, question it's not going to be a binge Maybe it is just going to be an episode, you know, like a week or a month or something. Right. I don't know. I think uh, up until that point comes, though, I'm, I'm going to be looking for more information about uh, how they're going to be doing because that that's something that, that concerns me greatly. And I trust Snyder. You know, I, I really, I, I do, I really do trust Snyder and um, and you know what he has planned. So I'm not, I'm not terribly worried about it. But um, you know, these are of course things that that 
I think we should be asking ourselves. No, I think uh, but, I think you're right. I think we should be asking ourselves. I just don't think it's cause for concern because uh, I don't I either. Think, I think either way it'll be fine, and either way that we will get we will get it in a way where we can just watch it in one okay. sitting. So the next question I wanted to talk about is um, the cut is coming out, and this sets a lot of precedents, right? Um, of course, studios and directors and producers are always looking for ways to um, market their product and to um, capitalize on any growing trends, right? So we've always talked about all the positive effects of the cut being released. However, I want to I want to uh, I want to entertain the possibility of there being any negative effects of the cut being released. What are your guys' thoughts on on this? There's no wrong answers. There's not going to be any, you know, hashtag, you know, Manu is over parties. Like, just say what you guys think. <laughs> um, so, so he, here's the thing. Like, people always com- compare us with, you know, uh, what, what, what was that? Uh, like, you know, to, you know, to remake Last Jedi and those things. Mm-hmm. Even though it's two different things, like two completely different things. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the wrong precedent that you know might send it's it's not from our side from the fandom side but rather from the people who would like to malign the movement or a disinterest or, or dislike for that so they might use uh this release the snyder cut the success of release the snyder cut movement as uh, an excuse for uh, uh okay let me rephrase that so so you know people trying to malign uh, the movement would compare this our movement that like, released the Snyder Cut movement with movements such as remake the Last Jedi, where just people were not just satisfied with the Last Jedi. I mean, for obvious reasons, or or for example, uh, reshooting the Game of Thrones last season of Game of Thrones because they were not satisfied with that. But ours is not about satisfaction. Ours is more about. Um, artistic integrity about allowing you know filmmakers to do what they have to do and not let the studios interfere with that so those are two very different things so they so they by doing that they want to delegitimize the movement and the effort of the fans so that is the only bad precedent that i see that uh, you know others right, might right. do but not the fandom Think re- remaking it, it, it's wrong. Like from an artistic point of view, I mean, I don't agree with Johnson, but you know, he made the movie. I mean, whatever it, it happened, like you know, it's, it's uh, you know, remaking it, it's 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 kind of doing it, it's 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 like kind of doing what Warner Brothers did to Zack, sort of, mm-hmm. but not entirely, but yeah, right. that fashion. So, so I just don't think the fandom should. You know, take that idea because you know it. It like release the JJ Abrams cut. Now that might be something similar. You know, because of the reshoots and all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I, I don't. Not 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 something like remake the last set or uh, reshoot the you know season eight of Game of Thrones. Yeah, I mean, Star uh, Arca. I think you're really you know in, it's interesting, and I think uh, you're on spot to kind of even compare it to Star Wars a little bit. But the negative that can come out of it, uh, I'm hard-pressed to find a negative. Um, the only thing that I can think of is that maybe, you know, that, uh, that, that it could stifle creativity to some degree. Um, 
How so? You know, if uh-huh. a fan base just wants things a certain way or whatever, uh, things become established after a period of time, you know, and, uh-huh. and then something could stifle creativity as a, as a result of that. I'm talking about years down the road, though. Do, as far or, as an immediate... Do you mean something like the sonic design? I'm I'm sorry, but you know, yeah, the, the sonic something like that maybe. I guess yeah. the, that might be a, a kind of an example of what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. What happens yeah. is things become established. Like, let me give you an example. Of what I'm talking about Chris, Richard Donner, and Christopher Reeve. There's some people that don't know that know zero about Superman, and that's all they think of is Richard Donner and Christopher Reeve, and it's really not the most accurate portrayal of Superman ever. It's just not. So um, radio is the old time radio show is. And it, there's similarities, but there's there's major differences as well. And if things become established over a period of time, and then it stifles creativity. Um, and you could say, well, that would never happen with this, but it could, it could, because that's what happens. You know, it you get to uh-huh. a point where you know uh, things. Well, how are, does the cut have to like? What does the cut being released have to do with that? How's that contribute? Because if there's a fan base, and that's what they want. You know, uh, and it's got to be that way. And it's a, you know, a loud fan base and, you know, and they're, and they're listening to that fan base. Then there is a possibility where creativity sometimes get, gets pushed aside. Right. Um, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Say the Christopher Reeve Superman fans got all together and God, I hate, maybe I shouldn't even say this, but they did something similar to what we're doing and demanded, you know, for Christopher Reeve to be put on screen and CGI or something. You know, and there was like millions of you, people. You had to go put that out in the universe. So, huh? yeah. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying that. If they you know, I'm just saying that that is an example of what I'm talking about. And then you're, you know, stuck with that kind of thing forever. So, uh, yeah. And we're not stuck with that kind of thing forever. You know, Zach created Superman and retained his integrity. Uh, but he didn't create him, but I mean, he remolded Superman, retained his integrity and, and, you know, brought creativity to it. And that's what Superman needed. That's what he needed. And any comic writer can tell you that as well. So, um, and he eliminated stuff that was stifling that made no sense anymore. Like, you know, Lois not knowing that Superman was Clark Kent and that Clark Kent was Superman. So, um, so at any rate, you know, that's the way I'm, that's the only negative thing I can think of. The, the negative repercussions of this being, of this happening? Yeah. I, I think it's like, it's like what Hayward said. It's just more people asking for stuff. Uh, I think that, you know, um, I think this, this again, like, I think that this Snyder Cut situation is a very unique one. I think that what happened here, it, it's never happened before. I mean, no, 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 no. Let, let me rephrase that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I want to get this. I want to get the wording of this right. I think that the way that things went down in this case, that's what brought so many of us to do what we did, because it wasn't just Justice League; it was also Batman v Superman. That's where it all started. So I think that for something like Correct. this to happen, I, I think like a lot of the stuff we're seeing is people are afraid that this is going to keep happening, but I, I don't think it will because this was a very unique situation for both the artist as well as for the fandom that supported that artist. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. What I do think the negative implications of it is, is that it takes away power from the media and that's always frightening to many people. 
And, and I think that that's really what needs to happen is like certain people within the media and their structure need to yeah. lose. And I think that that's, that's really the most negative aspect of it. The because, grease in the palm thing is, is in trouble. But how, how is that a negative thing? So, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, again, it depends, it, it depends on who you ask. That's the thing. Like for us, it's a positive thing. So for play us devil's as, advocate. Yeah. So if you look, if you're somebody who you make a living from this, or if your income is based off of how many hits you get or how many retweets you get and how many invites or privileged insight mm-hmm. you get that's from right. the studio, then for them, it's bad news because that's what has to happen. The studio needs to stop listening to these intermediaries. Collider. They're so the bad the- news is only so. bad news for people who don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> to us, to Good us, point. it don't matter. No, no, no. To us, it don't matter. But to, to somebody else, they might. And, you know, I think that that's really where the most negative thing comes from. Um, because at the end of the day, there are people, too, and they're trying to make a living. And, I mean, they chose to make it in this business where they are forced to have these quote-unquote hot takes. Because that's the problem. The environment itself, it lends itself to that. So I, I think that there's there's there's... I think that the, Those the negative scare me though, Manu. They scare me because they started out being fans, and then yep. they thought they were better than fans, and exactly. got arrogant. Exactly. And, and they got you know they got a little power. They got a little. They got degrees pumped. You know, I'm meeting all these celebrities and producers and directors and all that. And what I say goes. Well, it doesn't. Exactly. You know, exactly. you don't you don't make the whole world go around. Yeah. We and, all and have a, different and, opinions. And a lot so. of that, and a lot of that, I know who we are, and I know what our reputation is, and I can already hear certain people <laughs> but a lot of that is, is 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 disney's fault to be perfectly honest it is disney yeah. kind of disney was able empowered to, the media they That's empowered right. them but they also weaponized them in a way correct they also weaponized mm-hmm. them so guys this is nothing new when they broke singles in the 50s 60s and 70s you know on the radio that's what they did they went to the djs and you know they took care of them yeah, and uh, I mean that still the, happens today. Like, if you want to have your sure. song played on a radio station, that's right. You need to go and pay the DJ. Like, that still happens. Mm-hmm. You know, so so I, I just think that that's that that's who it hurts more than anybody else. That's where the negative impacts comes from. It's again, like I mentioned earlier, it's the fandom regaining its strength, regaining its importance, regaining its voice. Yeah, that's that's definitely. I mean, that's something that I've always believed. I think that this is very positive for um, for consumers. I will uh, go ahead and pose, make an argument for how this could be negative for consumers, though, because I do think that mm-hmm. uh, whenever you have these, you know, powerful figures battling it out, you know, or how does uh, Zack Snay, um, you know, tossing each other around, that they create and solve big problems, right? So I think that we have a very si- a similar situation here. I think that the idea that a movement can uh, is going to release a the the real cut, the full version of a movie. The idea that you can have a movement and release a cut is a good idea, but I I can really see opportunistic people creating unfinished products to get the full version release. And we've actually seen a little bit of this with. Um, you know, I guess a few months ago, several months ago, with you know, in game was it Spider Man? They did uh, a similar mm-hmm. thing in theaters. Actually, yeah. the final week to extend their their theatrical run a little bit longer, and I think if there's a precedent out there where it's like, hey, you know, we want to get some of that release the X Y Z cut money, then you can easily 
you could easily do that. You could easily market that idea. And I think that for the most people, most part, people are going to really eat that up. And I think that there's not really enough, like there's no way, there's no way to truly know whether what they're doing is legitimate or not. So we could end up getting a lot of, a lot more unfinished product simply because releasing full complete product after it's asked for, not before is actually profitable. So that's my idea. Now, well, Mike, that's it's nothing gonna happen. New. What you're saying is very intuitive, and I couldn't really think anything outside of what I just said, you know, about creativity. But the what's brought all this about, you guys know what's brought all this about, right? It started years ago with the director's cut, the director's cuts that they released on Blu-rays, and then you know George Lucas, you know, making changes because his view on film is a, a movie's never finished until mm-hmm. I say it's finished, you know, so. Whether whatever people think about that is very controversial. Obviously, I, I personally think you should support directors and their visions. And if they think something's not finished, it's not finished. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. but to me, it's a beast that Hollywood created themselves. You know, they created right. this, and you know, with Ridley Scott and Blade Runner and all the cuts that he released. I mean, that's immediately why I said, "Look, we can have this movie, and don't give me any excuses." Because if if Blade Runner can have four or five different cuts and be released on Blu-ray, and you've got the Richard Donner Superman cut, Superman 2 cut, not just the 2 cut, he also did a special edition of his own and included scenes and stuff of the original movie. Uh, and then they released a three-hour movie two years ago, the TV three-hour movie. Then look, this is nonsense. We can have Zack Snyder's Justice League because they created this market. They created the market for director's cuts, and they created the beast, and it's just evolved into something else. That's mm-hmm. all there is to it. So, And it's nine true. times out of ten, director's cuts are better than the original cuts yeah. because it's what the director wanted. So um, I think that it's just an evolution, a change, of, uh, you know, a change of that process, and this is the result of years of us being used to this. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, yeah, no, no, great, great points. Um, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that, Arca? Do you have any thoughts? Oh, yes, can yeah, you hear no, Arca? I, oh, sorry, go ahead, Arca. Yeah, no, so yeah, I agree with him. I, uh, I, you know, it's, it's, it, it, this thing has evolved and it'll, it'll continue to evolve. Uh, yeah, Correct. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I don't think I can add anything to this, yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay. No, yeah. Arca, you make a good point. It's going to continue to evolve. And that's why you're like, huh? You know, this could stifle creativity. Well, it could. It's yeah. Anything that becomes established thing that, you know, becomes the standard. Yeah, it tries to stifle other things. So that's the danger of it. But, you know, The Last Jedi is a good example of that. You got to retain characters' integrity, but you don't want to be too creative and smash their integrity either. Mm. So, you know, uh-huh. it's a fine yeah. line. I don't know. So, well, yeah, I mean, that's been a great, uh, a great discussion so far. Um, the first part was kind of just more about like, you know, the things revolving directly around the cut, the industry as regards kind of more general, uh, general things. But I wanted to talk a little bit about superhero films specifically, because I think that we're going to see some evolutions that ripple out throughout (laughs) the industry. And I think I think on the ends, the ends of that ripple, like the weaker ripples, are going to be 
other movies, genre genre fiction movies, and just the large budget films in general. But I think closer to the epicenter of this stone drop that is the Snyder Cut, I think we have your immediate impact, DC, Marvel, um, you know, anime, and like adaptations of other pop culture entertainment and things like that are the things that are the closest to this. So I wanted to ask you guys some questions in regards to that. So um, when the when the cut's been released, and maybe even before that, you know, uh, starting as of the announcement, um, Warner Brothers specifically, right? Do you think that they're going to... Like let's say let's say the cut does super well, like we just completely smashed it out of the park. Do you think that DC is going to start focusing more on those larger budget projects now at DC? Uh, Manu, I want to hear your opinion first. <laughs> what are your thoughts? I think that what's going to happen is we're going to have we're going to have a multiverse. Yes. I think that what we're going to have, there's going to be the DC movies that are going to come out in theaters that are going to to play to the general audience. And then we're going to have a completely different one on HBO Max. That's kind of the way that I see it going. And I think that, you know, on streaming, we're going to see more mature, more heady stories being told. Uh, and that, you know, on the big screen is just going to be fun family fair. And uh, I think that that's fine. I think that that's perfectly okay. And you can even have storylines that branch out from one into the other. Uh, we, you know, so why not? Why not? Mm -hmm. um, but as far as Warner Brothers, um, I want to say something here. Mm -hmm. As long as we don't start talking about comic book movies like we talk about every other movie, it's always we're always gonna have an issue because I'm I'm a little bit tired of a comic book movie getting praised for doing what every other fucking movie in the world does. <laughs> right. Like I just watched Joker. I I because I, I, I didn't want to watch anything that came out of DC until we got the Snyder Cut. So now that we did, I spent the last few days catching up on the movies that I've missed. I watched Aquaman and Joker, and we'll more than likely watch Birds of Prey in the years to come. Now now Joker is a good movie, but it's not a great movie. It's not a mm -hmm. spectacular movie. It's not even a fantastic movie. It's a very good, strong movie. But the way that it was hyped up and the way that it was built up due to its nature as a comic book movie, I find that straight up insulting right. because there's other movies that do what Joker does just as well, if not better. And I don't think that it should get more praise just because it did it with a comic book character. Especially Mario, I, I think it's a masterpiece. That's just my opinion. But the thing that made Joker <laughs> huge was the controversy. You yeah. know, the, the media. The media yeah, made it huge. And even, even with the other comic book movies and the Star Wars movies and all that, it's always the same thing. It's always the media. I, I, I don't think that Joker's a bad movie. I think it's a good, strong story. I think it's a really well-made movie. But again, I... I, I as someone who watches a lot of movies, and Hayward, I know you do too. Oh, I know yeah. that I know you do too. I don't think that it does anything that other, like you know, that other classics haven't achieved. You know, I don't think that. Well, I think that I the think it, fact I think that there's a hidden story in there about existentialism that people are missing. That's it's it's deep rooted in philosophy, and 
in the fact that when okay, Joker says, when Joker says, and he's talking with, you know, the guy that's interviewing him, um, you know, I can't remember the character's name because I'm old off the top <laughs> of my head, but, uh, you know, he's interviewing him and then Joker looks back at him and says, you know, basically you are, you know, he points out his hypocrisy. Yeah. And saying, you know, that uh, uh, you talk about Murray, the interview. Yeah. Murray, Murray Hamilton. Yeah. yeah. His name is Murray. Hamilton, Murray something. I think. It's like it's, it's Murray. Yeah. Something. So yeah. and anyway, he's like he calls him out and he says, you're yeah. the reason why, you know, all this is happening. Yeah. You wanted to make fun of me. You wanted to right. bring you me brought down. me yeah. on your show yeah. to make fun of me. And you're lying to me and trying to make me think like, you know, that I'm here, you know, because yeah. you have I'm compassion just, on me. But or I'm something. the butt of the joke. Yeah, I totally get and that. Yeah. I think that the existentialism is there that's challenged in that movie that if there is no right and wrong in life then nobody's right or wrong. And that, that to me is the big message of the movie. Another thing that's interesting about that movie, that about existentialism is what is reality and what is fantasy? Yeah. We don't I think, really know. I, I think a lot of that so. movie is rooted in fantasy to be perfectly honest. But, mm-hmm. but again, again, like I, I hear you, but that's kind of not the, the issue that I was bringing forth. I think that we have got to stop talking about comic book movies like they're special. Well, they, Endgame they is to, the perfect example of that. Yeah, that movie is so all, mediocre and a sloppy. Like we, we we have to so, like start yeah. talking about them and judging them on their own merits and not link to anything else. I had the same issue with Logan, which I think is a perfectly fine movie, but again, because it's a comic book movie that's that's right. trying to act like a normal movie, we try right. to treat it as it's more than it is. Like, oh, but, that, but it's it's a it's a character study western. Like okay, yeah, like there's a bunch of those okay. out there. That's just the genre. Yeah, that's, great. It's character study western. Logan great. is like, not a masterpiece. It is not. It's yeah. just a. It's just a good movie. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And the yeah. thing is, most movies within the genre are are just good movies, but we elevate them because they're within the genre. And I think that that's really what has to happen. It, it's and it's not necessarily something that the studios need to do. It's something that you know people like us need to do. Like people what? that have a platform that get to talk about film that watch movies. I think that that's something that we have to do. We have to stop treating comic book movies differently from other. I, I totally, I, I agree with you, Manu. And we need to just get back to some a variety of movies. Yeah, I mean, this is ludicrous. But here's the thing that scares me, guys. Here's the thing that really scares me. You know, people crapping on Man of Steel, BBS. These are just incredibly complex movies, and a movie like The Last Jedi is hailed as you know a masterpiece <laughs> or something. And a movie like Endgame is like uh, held as a masterpiece, it, and, and that's scary to me. That is very yeah. scary yeah, because but- those those movies are not they're not Stanley Kubrick quality movies. They're not Orson Welles quality movies. They're not Casablancas. They're not any of those things. And uh, I think they're going to be forgotten in largely ten or twenty oh, years be- because they're just not that great. Well, they'll they'll be remembered for uh, how much money they made, if it's ever surpassed. I mean, well, as long as it's relevant, because honestly, like once box office becomes irrelevant, once theatrical releases become irrelevant, then anything that that mm-hmm. top those charts will also become irrelevant, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like I they're, they're going to just die along with the entire theatrical way of things. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the they have already dropped out. Like, I mean, we did, people don't talk about Avengers Endgame or even Last Jedi. I mean, it was all media manufactured. Like, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Arca, yeah. you just nailed it. It's media manufactured, and the media was controlling everything, and now they don't. They don't control this anymore. 
You know, right. this, the studios have woke up when, and realized what other companies have realized a long time ago. You can d- interact directly with your customers and you don't need your agents anymore. You don't mm-hmm. need the agent. You don't need the middleman anymore. So, and they should be scared, I guess, because it could be the end of the bloggers eventually, you know, except for guys like you, they're real, real fans, you know, that, uh, that well, we don't make a living off of it. So that's, no, that's you the don't, <laughs> and you don't pay people to come on your show or any of that stuff. You know, it's all fan driven. It's all fan driven. So, so um, kind of bouncing um, off of what, uh, Manu mentioned about the whole fascination with superhero movies, uh, just on the merit that they're superhero movies and nothing greater than that. Um, there's 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 still a fascination there and there's been a lot of debate as to how long can that fascination be sustained how long is that going to go on and what's keeping it sustained you know i i do think um like here's my opinion i'll go ahead and, and i'll go up first with this i believe that comic book heroes represent larger than life ideals right mm-hmm. and that's the reason why they work so well in the pop culture sphere now i think that mixed with corporatism and capitalism and you know just um you know Mm -hmm. things that are accessible are going to be revered by people who can understand it and who can access it because they can access it instead of trying to meet it's on on its own terms they're going to uh you know they're going to to appreciate you know low we, we talk about this you know Things that are are that kind of cater more often to the lowest common denominator will be appreciated by the most people, but it won't be the most appreciated by anyone, right? So, you know, having that said, um, I think that you know these are the factors that make the superhero pop culture craze what it is, because I do think there's something there about a hero, right? Like a hero in general, like that's a very powerful idea. It's a, it's a, it's an exemplary person, a person who you can look up to, uh, you can, you can be inspired by. I do think that's very important in a way um, to have that. Just even in your day to day life, you know, your 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 mm-hmm. your parents can be your heroes, your your teacher can be your hero. Sure. You know, and a lot of people, adults who don't have those, maybe they lived, they grew up not having that, are looking to these superheroes to do it for them, right? So I don't think that. Based upon what I'm, I've just mentioned there, I don't think that the superhero craze will go away until that no. deeper issue Mike, is fulfilled, right? Let me tell you this. Ever since Flash Gordon, and even go back to Buck Rogers in 1929, and then Superman, it has always been a big part of culture in movie, radio, movies, and television ever since. It's never gone away. In the 60s, right. it went away for a little while. But then Wonder Woman came on, you know, that you still had mm-hmm. Batman in 1966, you know, and then you had Wonder Woman in 75 on television and Super Friends animated. And they, I'm not even talking about Marvel, you know, I mean, Marvel mm-hmm. had their shows that were animated. The Incredible Spider-Man. Hulk, and it's right. never gone away, Mike. It's not going to go away. Well, the craze. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think uh, we might be able to see the we might see the craze die down a little bit, but. I guess well, I'm if they go kill off pass. the creativity, then you're going to see it go eventually. I mean, the key is not is making well, it creative. You right. know, that's the key. Something's got to take so. its place. Uh, Arca, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So I. So I. Uh, so okay. On one hand, I agree with Hayward that you know it's not going to go away. The, this love for you know superheroes or vigilantes, you know, it's not going to go away. And 
and i agree that you know there but i also think it's a very complicated thing why people are kind of attracted towards these you know superhero movies yeah you know surely yeah, that you know the thing you talked about uh, is uh, larger than life uh, yeah. you know characters and and heroism yeah sure but but also there is a factor of like uh, you know this uh, like escapism uh, you know people just want to it doesn't matter what movie this is going to like it has bright colors it has you know right they have like they have you know, their own kind of fantasies like from childhood you know which they want you know uh, so they they do put themselves in those positions and you know uh, or, or they might want to they might feel you know empowered seeing them because they mm-hmm. consider them in those positions or, or it might even be like but there are also others like consider you know the implications of superheroes in not just in mythology but also in you know public life you know on right. and, and i don't think yeah it's going away anytime soon you know it's not right it, Monty, what do you what do you think about the the idea of superheroes as a mainstay in pop culture i'm going to word this as poetically as i can <laughs> yeah you you do this a lot Monty. we know what's coming <laughs> This is this is a Manu a, a Manu mainstay here. Go ahead. <laughs> they can kick rocks, man. I'm tired. Like seriously, I'm t- I'm done. <laughs> you know, I'm I have no interest in none of this stuff anymore. Especially if they don't, if they refuse to push the envelope more. And that mm-hmm. goes to both DC and Marvel because I have seen Aquaman now. Y'all got to step up. And <laughs> if this is what they're gonna keep doing, then I have no interest in it whatsoever. Especially now that Fox is gone and we can we don't even get the variety from that anymore and all of that has been sucked into the MCU. Like if 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 that's all we get, then then it's, no, I, it's I have no interest. I, agree I have, with you. I, have it's no, I have no interest whatsoever. Like, yeah, we're things gonna... are so bad. I'm watching movies in Polish and Russian. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really bad. Yeah, I'm telling you guys, it's yeah. really bad. It's yeah. watching World yeah. War II movies in Polish and Russian, and the, these Russian movies that are that are World War II movies are so much better we had than, to, like, than Hollywood. Fight. We had to fight and claw and bitch and moan and all of this crazy stuff to get a fucking movie for two and a half years. Like, that's something that we had to do. We had to put a fucking billboard up in Times Square to be heard, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like if like I, I think that the fact that we have to go through those lengths shows that there's a problem. Right. So, but culturally, like what, like uh, I love the, those opinions, but like, what do you think, like the, the reality is yeah. about how how rooted it is in, in mainstream and how long it's gonna stay that way. I don't know, bro. I, I wish I had an answer for you. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, another 10 years, maybe? Yeah. You know, another I, I 15? Say the, I'd say the next generation is already sold on superheroes. And if I was DC, I'd be a little scared because Marvel has dominated, you know, for stupid reasons. But, you know, they've dominated. And they've got to, they've got to find their way to, you know, well, I, fall I, I their think, way back into uh, this. I think that what I mentioned before about having the best of two worlds is the way to go. You I can have like have one universe on HBO Max and another words and another one on the big screen. I think that that's the way to mm. go, and everybody can be happy. Everybody will have something to lean towards. They can still and, and Manu, it's already that way anyway. 
Look yeah, at so it. They, you know, you already got a separate cut of Justice League, a separate cut of Suicide Squad. There's already two timelines anyway. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're, you're done. You're, you're lying. You're absolutely right. So I think it's it's fine. It's it is what it is. But I was talking about me personally. I I'm just done with the whole thing. I'm glad that we got the cut, and I'm gonna watch it as often as I can. And if we get more from Snyder's vision, I'll be there because he's Zach fucking Snyder. But um. Aside from that, man, this whole comic book movie craze, it, it needs to end at some point. And with the way things are going, I think that it should end sooner rather than later. I think that there's more stories and there's more heroes. And, you know, honestly, what I would love, what I would really fucking love, mm-hmm. uh, like, give me some original content. Like, give me some new heroes. Give me new people to look up yeah. to, fight right. for, to be invested in. I totally in. agree with that. Like, like, why does it always have to be Batman and Superman, you know? Like, yeah. I'm glad that Wonder Woman and Aquaman and Flash are finally getting some love on the big screen, but... What happened to the void of creativity, man? But like Star Wars was Star Wars was an original creation that became larger than life. That's correct. You had the Matrix. That yes, it is like a. It is like a. It does borrow from a lot of different fields, but that was that was new and innovative and fresh, and it gave us new heroes and new villains. Like like where where is that? Like Hollywood constantly is looking for. Star Trek was Buck Rogers rebirth in a creative way, you know, and then, you know, and Marvel itself was a re, you know, was just DC recycled in a creative way. That's all it was. Like, like if, 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 if the culture needs heroes, make new heroes, heroes that can relate and touch this generation, the heroes that these people need now. And honestly, that's what Snyder was trying to do with the justice league. He was trying to make heroes that people could relate to today, but he got slung with bows, arrows, bullets, machine guns, rocket yep. launchers, grenades, whatever you name it, <laughs> they sent it his way because you need to update things because the things that people need today are not what they needed 20, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. You know, you, you got to keep that in mind. And that's why it's always important to innovate and create because we need a different breed of heroes today than they needed when I was a kid. Mm. Like, yeah, like, you know, like when you see what these kids are going through today, I fucking I'm glad that I grew up when I fuck I did. But they <laughs> need heroes that speak to them and their issues and their needs and their desires. We yeah. we shouldn't be over here catering to thirty something year old neckbeards who had a fucking hard on for Superman when they couldn't when their balls didn't drop. All I'm saying is just <laughs> yeah. right, we, right. Hollywood needs to do better. And not just for them, but for people. Because I believe in the power of Hollywood. I believe in the power of film and storytelling. And right now, in the world that we are in, that is our... That is our... Yeah. That's that's the way we tell our stories. It's scary times, man. It's scary times for films in Hollywood. It really is. Yeah, they gotta... They got to grow up, man. They got to grow up. And, and I think that a lot of that, God, like I can go on and on. A lot of that has a lot to do with these new business initiated executives because they're very different from old executives. Like very the executives so. that we have now are numbers driven. They don't like they, a lot of them are numbers driven and just follow the numbers. And and, and there's like I, I think that back in the day, finance you had to be creative because you didn't have 
you know, the information that you have now. So it forced for creativity because you couldn't be told what people wanted. You had to figure it out or you had to tell them what they wanted. But yeah. now, nowadays, they you had just to guess like, and gamble. You had to guess exactly. and gamble. But, but yeah. nowadays you have everybody's mm-hmm. information all lined up and you just make decisions based off of that. And, and, yeah. and honestly, that's what's hurting. God, I am so sorry. <laughs> well, you know, Mike, so... the answer Wait, to you, your question You and Hayward this. have been going crazy, so. <laughs> the answer to your question is this. The answer to your question is the Western. You know, the Western ruled Hollywood in every way up until the 70s. And, you know, Clint Eastwood kept trying to revive it and whatnot. But that could happen with superheroes. I just don't see it happening because it's too big of a, it's just too big of a cultural identity and icon. Um, it's bigger than comic books now. The comic books don't matter anymore. It's, it's you know what's done on film now or or TV shows. Right. That's yeah. That's what matters. And I mean that scares um, the people who, who wrote and write and draw these these comics. Like they they want in on the movies because they're realizing that their medium right. is. Is gone. <laughs> you I know, heard it's, John Byrne talking like about this on a pod a podcast years ago. This is two thousand five, and he said, "Look, he said we got people in comics now that they do not want to do comics. They want to write Hollywood movies. And my advice to them is go write Hollywood movies. Don't write comics. You mm-hmm. know, because you don't mm-hmm. belong in here. You know, you you're just trying to take something and it, they're embarrassed to be in comics. Some people are. I'm not talking about mm-hmm. Jim Lee and other people, but." They want to be doing something else. They want to be Hollywood screenwriters. That feels more legitimate. Because, right. you know, yeah, I, I agree. I totally understand. And it's ruined comics as a result of that. It ruined it, you know? Yeah. And then people can watch the MCU and think that that's a tribute to Stan no. Lee and Jack Kirby. It's yeah. a joke. They didn't even call when he died. Yeah. They're like, yeah, screw <laughs> The tribute to Jack Kirby yeah. is Zack Snyder. That's the tribute to Jack Kirby with what his Justice League is going to be. I guarantee you, because his stuff was grounded, it was real, it was fantastic, it was create, it was creative. You know, it, it just infuriates me that people think Thor Ragnarok is a tribute to Jack Kirby. Get out of here! That's just garbage. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, so, we've had anyway. some spirited discussion about that. Let's. So. Uh, we're almost uh, kind of at the end of our uh, our line of thought here, but let's go ahead and con- uh, have a few more questions for you guys. So um, this is a, a really a really interesting question. It kind of starts to go into the fandom a little bit. And yes, I want to go into it. And we're going to go into it because this is going to be, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about how the cut's going to affect that going forward. And I think, you know, we've been, as the Exiles, we've been in the midst of all of it. So I think that if anyone has anything to say about the fandom, right, I think, I think we we would have a few things to say about it. Um, so the the terminology, the Snyderverse, right, gets thrown away around all the time, right? Snyder's DC, Snyder, Snyderverse, which sometimes feels as though it expands beyond the movies that he directed into the films that have characters that he hired in it, 
mm-hmm. right? Or things that just feel like something that he would do or that he would accept. You know, some people count things that he likes on Vero as an acceptance of that movie into the quote-unquote Snyderverse or something with the Stone Quarry label on it as the Snyderverse or anything at DV- DC as the Snyderverse. Apparently, the Snyderverse can be anything that you want it to be as long as it makes you feel good, right? Um, so the question I want to ask you guys today we're gonna go this we're gonna go one by one. Let's try not to jump over and step over each other here. What is the Snyderverse, quote unquote, to you? Does it exist? And if so, what is it? Um, Hayward, I want you to go ahead and go up first. Masterpiece filmmaking. That's what the Snyderverse is to me. I mean, I, I, I remember the first time somebody told me the first time I heard about Zack Snyder was three hundred, and uh, then came Watchmen. And I, you know, I didn't think much of it. And it says it's a shame that Warner Brothers did not promote his stuff better, in my opinion. But then what piqued me with Zack Snyder was Watchmen. And then I heard that he got the gig, you know, for Superman, Man of Steel, because I was a huge fan. And uh, when I saw Man of Steel and went back and watched his other movies, I, I was like, I was just blown away. To me, he is bar none the top filmmaker in, in the industry right now. He, he just is. I mean, uh, Christopher Nolan is incredible, but I mean, he, as far as I'm being an American filmmaker, he's barring on the top. And when I think Snyderverse, I just think a masterpiece filmmaking. I can't wait to see what he makes. And unfortunately, you know, I don't know if he's going to, I hope that he's allowed to make theatrical features. So question so, for you, Hayward, I have a question for you. Um, is Watchmen in the same Snyderverse, same universe as Man of Steel? Mm. No, it's not. I'd say no because uh, Superman is the his Superman is the first superhero ever. So know? when you hear terms Except like Wonder Snyderverse, stuff, you what know, do you think Red... that people mean when you hear that? When when I hear when when somebody says Snyderverse, I think of Zack Snyder and how he envisions all his films connecting together in his mind that so what are I there other of. directors who have made movies in the snyderverse <laughs> you mean uh, other directors that have made i guarantee you it's not uh, the russo brothers <laughs> well right, hold on mike mike i get what you're saying <laughs> yeah uh, all right so this is what so for me the snyderverse is the interconnected story that zach meant to tell at the beginning of man is steel so it's for me, Snyderverse is Man of Steel, BVS, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, yes. Justice League. Well, those are the five movies within the Snyderverse. The DCEU Snyderverse. Yeah. That those are the movies within it. Now, Wonder Woman was heavily rectified. We know that. We know what happened to Suicide Squad as well. We know what happened to Justice League as well. All of these movies have been derailed by behind the scenes. You know, bullshit. yeah, he's gone, but, Kevin Sujihara. But for me, that's the Snyderverse is the original idea and intent of what to do with these characters, and that every director that stepped into that universe understood that they were just playing one part of a greater whole. That is the Snyderverse. Patty was hired to do Wonder Woman because she agreed to a certain standard of filmmaking as well as storytelling. When James Wan was added, same thing. When David Ayer was chosen, same thing. It's, it was all of these people playing in the same sandbox. 
Yes, as, that's as the, Snyder put it, and that's a great way to put it. That's the Snyderverse. Uh, now, you know what the beautiful thing about Zack Snyder is too? He's not a micromanager. He's not a yeah, micromanager. Yeah, he was. He was working with these guys. He was allowing them to make changes, and they con- they had conversations about what would take place and when. He he wasn't like a dictator. No, but I think. But the thing is, the Snyderverse. He was at the head and at the center of it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but see, Mike brought up Watchmen, so that's when I started, you know, talking about the other movies, Three Hundred, right. and you know, Dawn of well, the Well, there's Dead a lot of people in the community that use the term Snyderverse. There's even a hashtag, um, "Release the Snyderverse," right? Uh, which is very vague to me personally. Um, you yeah, know, I don't is. know what that means necessarily. I mean, according to Manu's description, that makes sense. Like, you know, if there was uh, maybe an original version of the Wonder Woman ending, or. Yeah. Film or, uh, and of course, Ayer's film, Justice League, which we're getting, um, things like that. That makes sense to me, right? But the term Snyderverse gets thrown around so much, and I think that we really should. I think that we need to get together and we need to like explain this because. Well, I, I think there's well, two I just, distinctions. I think there's I just Snyderverse and there's DCE. <laughs> I think there's Snyderverse and there's DCEU Snyderverse. You know, I think that that's. Oh, thank you for the, the clarity. <laughs> But like Snyder, for example, you know, when you say Snyderverse, some people might be thinking Watchmen or, you know, 300 or, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, So but to me, you know, that's the distinction. There's Zack Snyder's films and there's some sort of Snyderverse in his head of uh, I don't think it's like Quentin Tarantino movies where they're all interconnected, you know, in in his mind. I just think that Zack loves is very good with people. He likes to interact with people and. You know, he uses the same people in all of his movies. And so there's interconnected, deep, theological, philosophical themes uh, within his movies. And that, I mean, that's obvious, you know, within, in all of his movies. That's who he is. That's what he wants to make. Uh, but to answer your question, to response to what you're saying, I think some people want Zack Snyder's Wonder Woman and Zack Snyder's Aquaman. And that ain't going to happen. Those movies don't exist mm-hmm. because Zack is not a micromanager. He let the filmmakers make their own movies, you know, and, and he collaborated with them. Um, and the only reason we're getting David Ayer's Suicide Squad is because the problem was Kevin Sujihara and his reluctance to be decisive and maybe be bold and, you know, instead of being gutless, which is what he was, was gutless. And, you know, he reacted and cut up BBS and he reacted and cut up Suicide Squad. And those movies were finished. And... You know, he decided to just, especially with Suicide Squad, you know, he just totally cut that movie up or insisted that it be cut up and changed. Yeah, so I, I agree with Manu, what, what Manu said. I think he put it really well. Uh, um, and I want to expand on that. I want, I want and also what on Hayward said. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, you're right that there is uh, no Zack Snyder's Aquaman or Zack Snyder's Wonder Woman. I mean, and, and, and that's fine, you know, like on, on one hand, it's fine. Like we have Patty Jenkins. One woman, which it's fit, it fits quite well with the scientists, in spite of the changes. Uh, like it, it, it fits quite nicely with what Zach had planned initially. Uh, but but I have I have issues with Aquaman. I mean, like there are like so there's like a shift. Like so you know up to that point, even until like you know Wonder Woman and you know also very likely Justice League. Uh, there are like huge con- consequences to each of those actions of the you know of the characters interacting. And uh, so, and and also, like uh, the world is very interconnected. Like that's why you know, uh, 
even even if it's a small thing like you know we do see like batman sending uh like the the photograph to one woman at the beginning like which sets up the whole like narrative in the movie uh but and it was also supposed to happen to aquaman like i mean you all you all must have seen the concept arts right of aquaman where you know the justice league you know after justice league step in move thing happened uh, during aquaman like when uh, uh, what's his name uh, ocean master attacks the you know uh, territory i mean the land people uh, this the justice league go and you know try, try to you know Uh, counter that i mean which would happen naturally because they are a team now they 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 are in contact with each other they, they yeah arco and... brings up some good points you bring up yeah. some good points man so thanks man uh, consequences yeah, just... yeah but see that's that's zach though zach is not going to make james one zach snyder junior he's not kevin fight yeah, yeah. thank god yeah i know thank i know he's not I... kevin fight yeah yeah thank... i I, <laughs> yeah, i agree so... with it i mean and he shouldn't but but i think it's also like a personal responsibility of you know uh, the directors it doesn't matter who whether it's zack or james one to like to to make films in in uh, in in accordance with the you know that that already exists right. and not the canon like, which is important because it's yeah, yeah. you know it's not it doesn't exist in its own universe right um yeah, yeah. i agree and you know i think that um it's interesting how you know like we've talked about the attack on fandom like you know obviously fandom cares about the canon and the continuity right the continuity or how you want to say mm-hmm. of the universe right um and of course that's always looked at as a bad thing like oh you know freedom and blah 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 right but obviously freedom only matters as far as like like listen you the, any of these directors has the freedom to make a bad movie or a freedom to to break the narrative to break the canon to break the integrity of the characters to break whatever things that they're dealing with right i mean obviously fan, you know the the fandom isn't asking for that right we're not when we say we want creative freedom and creative integrity we don't say that we want complete impunity we just say that you know to to keep to keep these you know have your own sensibilities and bring something creative and interesting something new that you believe in to the film all the while playing in the sandbox like Manu mentioned right and you know what it's a difficult job but being a director is not an easy job so no, uh, it doesn't not. it doesn't and sound... i think that's what we got that's my opinion i, I mean i lo- i love patty jenkins movies and and, and especially james wan i mean to me he's a visionary director uh in a lot of respects but uh Right. Well, I want to. Uh, the next question I'm going to ask here has to do with the inclusion of post uh, post uh, Justice League DC films, and if we feel as though these films um, add to the Snyderverse that we that we previously laid out in the definitive way that we laid it out, or if it's a new thing. Now, this doesn't have to do with whether we like it or not, but rather if this is the a way that it was originally intended, the way that it should be intended, the way that Snyder intended it, or if this was something that was forcibly um, created uh, or there was external factors, where they kind of lie in the quote-unquote Snyderverse that we kind of laid out. What do you think, Manu? Well, I don't know. I don't think that I mean, like I said, I ha- I haven't really watched those movies. I just I just saw Aquaman this week and Joker. I, I guess those count as well. Um, I guess Joker counts as well. Um, I haven't watched Birds of Prey yet. Uh, I have seen Shazam, um, and, and Shazam does kind of feel like it's trying to play in that same sandbox, but it doesn't mm-hmm. really. 
Um, even even Aquaman because I think they mentioned Steppenwolf once, if I remember correctly. Yes. But I I think that um. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't, Good I, answer. I really don't know. Like, cause, cause, like you said, it doesn't really matter if we like them or not. But I am a little bit painted by my opinion of those films and the right. quality of them. It, it's kind of hard to like take that out of the equation, mm. um, because and also you know just knowing the stuff that took place behind the scenes and knowing about all of the external factors that went into it and the way that they were making decisions. I mean, even before we started recording, Hayward brought up how, how, um, was it what I'm looking for? Um, how they were just doing things haphazardly without really knowing what's the direction to go in. Yeah, just reacting. Just yeah. reacting, man. So, no, no leadership, no decisive direction at all. Just, yeah, so I, I would lean, no. I don't, I don't really think that they have much to add. I think that they're just fine movies that you can go to the theater and watch. I don't think that... It, it really touches upon the idea of consequence as much as you know the others would the other the films beforehand did. I mean, if you look at even Wonder Woman, kind of sidesteps a lot of the issues that that film brings up within that movie, mm-hmm. and that's something that I I struggle with that movie a lot. Uh, I don't understand how she can just straight up murder the wrong person and we're just gonna keep going like nothing happened, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah, you and, know? Then, and then nobody cares either. Nobody cares. No, and, no reaction. And, and, and they the don't get that. She, that Patty doesn't get the hate that Zach did. Yeah, and the idea that just getting rid of Ares stops World War One. Also, I thought that that was very, especially after the the speech that we got from uh, from Chris Pine about you know it's not just one thing and so on and so forth. Maybe it's just how we are. I, I you know it just feels so discombobulated. Well, men create a world where well, it makes it impossible to stand together, right? But then like no, actually Ares or Ares did. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but Ares Manu, that's why Wonder Woman is not impossible for men uh, you know? to stand together. Yeah. Wonder Woman is not a masterpiece. To me, it's just a very good movie. You know, uh, I yeah. have no, I have no issues with the stuff. But I, I will say this: that uh, that to me, the answer is is a little bit no because you have two timelines now. It's obvious you got two timelines. You know, uh, because of Zack Snyder's Justice League, because that's come along now. There's two timelines. There's nobody that can dispute that. Joker is not in this conversation because that's a whole nother deal although that did open up multiverse the multiverse as far as cinematically but you know the other thing that we got to talk about here too is the cw the cw uh which i hate to talk about it but jim jim <laughs> lee you. said that he wanted ezra miller on the cw and that he wanted the dceu to be a part of this you know <laughs> crisis thing so why to me, uh, to me, my man said why, why? <laughs> because they're trying to to educate the audience on I think I agree with Jim Lee with what he did with this because he's trying to get him to say say look don't be so stubborn you know if you want your crappy CW have your crappy CW you know but if you want you know just if you want Tyler Hecklin you can have him I'd no, say get rid of him Tyler. But, wants that, dude. but you gotta have Henry Cavill too you know, and you got to have Zack Snyder's Henry Cavill, and maybe you got to have another Henry Cavill in another kind of movie. But at yeah, any rate, but, I think the, before, the answer is that there's two timelines now, and that's yeah. and that's obvious. So and, and I, it's that's kind of what Jim Lee spoke about when he was asked about the Snyder Cut really recently. Mm-hmm. Is that you have to honor every single DC fan because we're all DC fans. 
Right. Everyone is. If you're a fan of Snyder's or uh, Snyder's movies, you're a Definitely DC fan. Series. Yeah, you're 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 a DC fan. And honestly, that's correct. For a long time, I I couldn't be a DC fan. I I wasn't. I felt like I wasn't allowed to be one because mm-hmm. of what I liked. And, and now with this new decision and this with this announcement, it feels like it's okay to come back to DC again. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I agree with that. To me, it's all about gravitas. And to me, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Shazam have substance and gravitas and drama. Birds of Prey was just a crazy movie that, you know, was more comedic than anything else. Not MCU comedic, but just, you know, had satire and had crazy stuff in it. And I didn't sense the dramatic substance in that movie at all. And to me, that was the the big departure from Snyder's... uh, uh, shall we say guidance and direction mm-hmm. so um but Shazam was more like a Spielberg movie you know so it was it was a very different departure from the DCEU so um you know i don't uh yeah uh, well yeah i think that yeah. uh it's great that we're able to kind of talk about this cuz oh, i think ultimately what it comes down to is that we don't we need i, I personally this is my personal opinion i think that We've done justice to Snyder, and I think we've done a great job with getting fixing the wrongs that were committed. Yes. But I think going forward, I just think we need to be careful about trying to legitimize everything based upon our conception of the Snyderverse. That's my personal opinion. I agree. Um, and I think that uh, we, we should allow there to be an opportunity for a bad movie to come out that is not, you know, like, like listen, all right. Um, we, you know our opinion here, and I'm never going to back down on this. I'm never going to be more subtle about it ever. So I'm sorry if I get, I get a, a one star or a two star on, on iTunes. Like, screw you. But <laughs> the MCU has 20 movies, right, plus, okay? And whether you believe it or not, you know, uh, just the rule of ratio dictates that one of those movies is not going to be a good movie, Right. So I'm not even saying which one is bad or which one's good. I'm not even saying that they're all bad or they're all good or most are bad or most are good. I'm just saying that it's impossible for everyone to be a banger in the same way. If we ever get to the point where we have this this thriving franchise, okay, we need to allow there to be an opportunity for a bad movie to come out that at the same time we don't illegitimize. I get it. Like there's a whole bunch of like crazy stuff happening behind the scenes. But if if AT and T and Warner Bros are making a concerted effort to kind of right the the ship and right the wrongs they made, you know, which there were definitely some wrongs made. I think going forward, we need to just be careful not to try to like say like this is good or this is bad based on some sort of like rule of like legitimacy. I and agree, but some of that stuff <laughs> was bad, bro. <laughs> like, some of that stuff was bad yeah. and not just because of legitimacy like yeah. Aquaman is bad Aquaman is, Aquaman is not a good movie and it has nothing to do with, with like the whole Snyder thing it's just not a very well put together film it's so uneven in so many places in the story is borderline ridiculous um, so well, at I, least the right mistakes were made right I mean, <laughs> you know. stop it <laughs> but you know you know we're not all in agreement on that because i think it's a very good movie and that's just my opinion you know and i can argue and i can argue why it's very good um and, and you know what but, and you know what and you know what uh hayward that's perfectly fine that like I'm not saying that nobody should like Aquaman, and I'm not saying that my point of view on Aquaman is obsolete. I'm just saying how I feel about Aquaman, which is that 
and not only like that that's for me it's like not only is do i find that that movie is not good but even on the whole legitimacy front it doesn't fit in with what we got before as well which is also kind of problematic and kind of difficult when you when you're invested in the universe as much as we were from the get-go mm -hmm. great yeah i don't I, I see what you're saying and i you know i i, I want to kind of just leave that alone because uh, it is what it is, you know, right. but uh, I, I love James Wan. So I, I like James Wan almost as much as, as Zack Snyder. With that being said, I don't think it's one of James Wan's better movies. I don't. Um, uh -huh. And I, I do think the studio, mm -hmm. you know, twisted yep. his arm a little yep. bit. Right. So, and hey, he said, I okay. And then that. James Wan said, you know, yeah. okay, well, I'm not making an MCU movie. I think he told him that, but I said, I'll make a homage to 80s action movies. But I am not making an MCU movie because that's just not him, you know. So, but um, the other thing I think is this, is that um, that uh, I don't know where it's going to go from here. Uh, you know, I think Manu's on the right track. HBO Max, I think, is going to be for the DCU Snyderverse. And then in the theaters, I don't know if we'll see Snyder movies in the theaters or if... The Batman is, you know, Matt Reeves, the Batman is going to be their be all end all through Flashpoint to, you know, soft reboot things. They're stuck. And <laughs> I, I think that they realized that. I think Ann Sarnoff realized, said, look, I, these people that, that were running this studio before were clueless. Uh, and I'm only speaking from her. Maybe she's a nicer person, but. Because they were in a, they were stuck and they were trying to whistle and act like there was nothing wrong. Oh, we can just continue to make DCEU movies and everything's going to be fine. No, it's not. You're stuck. You know, you're stuck. The, you did not resolve the Snyder saga of the DCEU. And until you, because Justice League did not resolve that. All it did was bring Superman back. And uh, the theatrical cut is what I'm referring to. Mm -hmm. Whedon's uh, abomination to some degree. Um, and... It didn't resolve anything. And I think the Hamada and Sarnoff and the board, whoever was involved, at and say said, look, we got to get this resolved. It's got to be resolved, and then we'll figure out things along the way in regards to whether D the Batman is going to be a separate universe. I think Matt Reeves wants his own Batman universe. I don't think he yeah, wants a Justice yeah. League. Batman. Is Matt Reeves making Batman? Yeah. <laughs> I, that's, I, I didn't think that was Batman. The Batman. So, yeah, that, I mean, that's and it's goofy looking to me, too. I, 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 people are trying to defend this and say, you know, oh, this is great. I'm looking at it saying this looks like crap, uh, you know, I, 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 but I have confidence in him. I love all his movies. I really do. You have, I tell you um, what, but, you have trust in, you still have trust in directors. Like, that's a difference between Hayward and I think maybe me and Manu. I'm not sure how Arca feels. He's been very quiet. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, you really have trust, belief in the director. And I think you believe that all good directors are auteurs. Because I think ultimately, see, ultimately, I think a good director doesn't have to be stubborn about their vision. I think there's a lot of good directors out there who aren't nearly as stubborn as an auteur, someone who believes that they are the author of their of their movie, right? Um, yeah. That's that's the, the that bullishness about your vision is what separates Nolan Snyder from Patty and uh, Juan, et cetera, et cetera. That's the reason why I feel so. Uh, there's so much uh, cynicism when it comes for me when it comes to 
uh, oh, I, you know, this director made this superhero movie. Like, oh, great. Well, I mean, how much or how little did he listen to the studio when they told him to do this thing? You know, like, I don't, you know, I like the director, but obviously I can't compare this superhero movie to their low-budget movie that they produced, directed, wrote, you know, and everything. You know, that's obviously, well, they obviously all, all don't have to worry about I, the studio. I, I am no pressing. defender of this new The Batman movie at all, but... Matt Reeves, obviously, this contract went on on and on and on, right? This contract discussions. And I think he was telling Warner Brothers, say, look, I don't want to be a part of Justice League. I want my own universe. So, and if we don't do it that way, I'm not doing it. But why give and, it to uh, him, though? I don't understand. Like, why, why give it to him? Like, why just be like, oh, you're Matt Reeves. We're going to give you a Batman trilogy. Like, why? That I, I can't answer. Like, they, I've, I've heard they that take before. They must but have it's not like. Take it's not like something. it's not like Matt. Know. It's not like Matt Reeves is like he, he's he, he's a he's a good director. Uh, it's not, but it's not like he's like broken box office records or like no, he has. It's not he like he has this ridiculous following. So what wh what is it about him that would give him so much that that WB would just be like, here you go, we're just gonna give you the keys to the castle? Like yeah. no I, clue. I, I've had I, I a very I've Maybe had a good very I think what Monty was saying is he doesn't have the keys. That's the That's, point. Yeah. <laughs> no, he doesn't That's... have the keys, but I think he in his contract with his agent, he said, Look, I don't I don't really care to be a part of this other other stuff. I just want to see I think it's Batman. more complex than that. I think that there was like the whole Ben Affleck situation. Was Ben gonna well, be sure his it Batman? Is. I mean, all that was he gonna be Robert? Us. Like we there's like so many backs vaccine stuff that we have no idea, but I think that it wasn't about him getting more control or full control. I think it was a, a more about what was Ben going to do. And then when they finally found a way to like get Ben to leave, then they were more able to be like, okay, you can you can go for it. For me, that's what makes more sense. I think and I think that there's a lot of legitimacy to what you're saying. Um, maybe they twisted his arm to work with Affleck or not. I, I don't know. I, I but. When once Affleck was gone, I think he was like, "Okay, I want to go yep. back to what we talked about before. I don't yeah, want anything so to do too. with the DCEU." But I think that they're also talking to him and saying, "You know, look, we do want this Batman to be a part of the DCEU, and we'll reboot things, you know, to some degree." But then they're uh, stuck because I, I, I don't think so. I don't think that their Batman is going to be part of. It. He can't be. I don't think it's not possible. I I don't know. Hey, hey Gal Gal is going to run and, and create Flashpoint, so. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, oh, I know that. that's not a joke, bro. Manu, I, I'm not to disagreeing with you totally. I'm saying I don't know. No, no, no. Totally. I, I yeah. totally understand. Something weird is going on, and they can go in a couple of different directions, but obviously they want Cavill back in the mix, and, you know, that's going to happen. I mean, yeah. that's... They're working uh, on a new contract as we speak. Yeah. So now that, mean, the cut is, now that the cut is out, I'm a lot more agreeable than I was before. I think Manu is too. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> like I was a lot more bullish before, but like now I'm like, you know what? Maybe, maybe I, you know, I'll open my mind to these ideas a little bit more. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm actually gonna see. I'm probably gonna see the Batman in theaters. Really? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you yeah. this: Matt Reeves made let fighting. let me in and those apes movies and to me they were outstanding so i agree. I, I, I like his two so. apes movies i like both of them very much and yeah. i like Wolverine as well he's a good director I, yeah. I but my problem with the batman stuff it's not matt reeves it's the studio and and i yeah. really think 
the reason why we're seeing what we're seeing, why the suit looks the way it does, and why the car looks the way it does, is because they went cheap on the budget. It's inexpensive, yeah. yeah. Well, it looks like Captain America too. I don't care; they can compare it to that artist that whatever his name is. I, 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 think, want, but I think that he got about a hundred million dollars to do a Batman movie, which is, uh, <laughs> you yeah. know what? Yeah. Oh, that's just ridiculous. Well, it is what it is. If they embarrass themselves, they embarrass themselves. I, I don't see, I don't see um as great an actor as uh, Circus is. I just don't see him as Alpha. Well, how but, agreeable you know. is the fandom now? Like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, MCU fans are highly, highly agreeable, highly, highly agreeable. And I think for the most part, most DC fans are also just as agreeable. So, you know, um, interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. So great, great talk so far. I think we're gonna go ahead and. Uh, you know, get, we're getting close to the end here, but I want to talk a little bit about the big elephant in the room, uh, so to speak, metaphorically, and that is, of course, Disney, uh, Lucasfilm, uh, and Marvel Studios. And with the release of this cut and the precedent that, that it sets, will this ripple effect be enough to even shake the giant that is Disney? What do you guys think about that? I say, I think it's already been shook, and they brought in Sam Raimi, and if they're smart, they will listen to Sam Raimi and not they Kevin Feige. They no, won't. they know. And, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, and I would be surprised if Sam Raimi, Raimi leaves because he's worked with Kevin Feige before, you know, in the Spider-Man movies loosely. Yeah. But uh, Sam Raimi is a master of filmmaking, and uh, he he can blend seamlessly blend tones in movies, like varying tones so easily. And uh, he's crazy though. He's a crazy filmmaker. I believe filmmaker, Taika Waititi so. can also do that, but he does. He, he didn't. can, but he's being chained down. Well, he didn't. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't think Sammy's really. I don't think. I don't think uh, Sam Raimi's really. I don't think it means anything anymore. Like, I mean, when you're working with Disney, like, what does that say about you? You know? Well, I, like, I, I honestly is. think that I honestly Sam think Raimi that made that Wizard of Oz movie, and that was insane. Some of it was insane. I mean, I, it still had his stamp on it. And, I, I uh, honestly believe that he took that gig because he got tired of the MCU people always talking shit about his Spider-Man movies. I, and that, he that's probably why did. I, I think, and now did. that, and now that he's one of theirs, now that he's part of their MCU, they won't say anything bad about him anymore. I think, I think that that's. Probably one of the main well, factors, right? Warner Bros. Also, made a huge mistake not bringing in Sam Raimi to DCU to DC movies. Well, it's more of an I mean, optics was... thing, Hayward. Is what we're saying. Like, yeah. it has nothing to do with like what the movie, the, the new movies end up being about. It's that like the narrative, the media, all these things are going to start becoming really quiet once once he makes a new movie with the MCU. Now his original movies won't get attacked anymore, and the narrative won't. Allow, oh, sure. Won't be allowed to oh, spread. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it's a win-win for him, is what you're yeah. saying. Right. Exactly. It's a win-win. And and let's uh, not forget that he is coming in at the 11th hour after Derek's departure. So I think that he's not going to go too crazy on Doctor Strange because that movie has been in pre-production already. So his job is basically going to be like just pushing it forward across the finish line. But I wouldn't be surprised if he got another movie down the line where he'll have more, you know, a little bit more leg room. I've never seen a Sam Raimi movie that was tame. That's all. I <laughs> well, this is the well, first Sam Raimi for the MCU, and I've seen a lot yeah. of good directors come well, through this machine and come out differently. That's well, true, Mike, Mike. To answer but. your question, my original my original answer was going to be no. He's not going to make a difference. But then I thought that you know what? Actually, 
Disney has already kind of bent the knee even before this announcement. In what yeah. way? The Last Jedi. Yeah. So how so? Well, like if you look at the way they're handling Star Wars, after the shit that they got from the Last Jedi yeah. from the fans of Star Wars, yeah. they went back and they changed. They did. They, they changed their plans for for right. Rise of Skywalker. Uh, they they changed their whole uh, their their plans also changed because they were planning on making Star Wars kind of like an MCU. We saw that with trying to release Solo a few months That's after right. the Last exactly. Jedi, mm-hmm. and it didn't work. So we saw them, we seen them completely go back to the drawing board and change their strategy because it wasn't working for Star Wars. So I think that it's not necessarily the cut being released that's going to change how they behave, but it's going to be how fans react towards what they do. Right. If that's so, true. I, and I fans that, might be a little bit more bullish about their what they want now, like exactly. even more so. Yeah. Like the, exactly. the, the the fandom menace and all that that got you know. Disney to bend the knee in the first place might, might be even more empowered, and people might be more empowered to join movements like that. I, I would, I, you know, guys, I would tell you this. I think there's going to be a reaction in the MCU. I, I saw it a little bit in Captain Marvel, where they tried to, you know, it was it was terrible, but they tried to <laughs> be a little more dramatic and serious in it and less jokey. But I think that I think it is going to. They, they're going to change a little bit, and I don't know how that's going to go over. Um, uh, and I don't, I don't see Sam Raimi getting chained down. That guy is to I me hope a top right. filmmaker. So, and, and if it would be embarrassing to me, if a guy like Sam Raimi would have to answer to Kevin Feige, I mean, what is a guy that has <laughs> yeah. no idea how to direct a movie or make a movie. I don't care how many movies he's made. You know, he does no idea how to edit a movie, you know? At all. Well, your your trust so. in the directors, even even amongst the machine, even in the lion's den, is very uh, applaudable. I'll say that, and I hope that you're right. You know, I'm well, very positive nowadays. He's, he's I one feel of the architects of superhero whatever, movies. You know, like let's he's hope. the arch- He's one of the architects of modern superhero movies. Sam Raimi. Right. So, but so you know, yeah, whatever. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna reserve my 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 pushback i mean i just hope that's the case uh hopefully you can see my very strong concerns and why i think that even sam raimi even the the biggest director out there if they go as far as to choose to be a part of the machine why there could still be concern you know yeah but oh then there's concern trust me You know (laughs) well i'll let you know if i walk out of it and say that was garbage then you know (laughs) then you'll know so, but uh, right, he, he I've was never on this seen the a bad so. Sam Raimi movie. This guy makes incredible movies. I mean, it's uh, I was uh, just sad that he was retired for a long time. So you yeah. know, but uh, um, so rate. Arca, we were around the question basically um, about how Disney, if they will react um, at all, and how so because of the cut being announced and eventually released. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, okay, okay. So before I answer that, I, I have a question. Like, uh, I think it's related cool to the Snyderverse. Yeah, yeah, I, I just, yeah, well, it's kind of related to the Snyderverse versus like the, you know, non Snyderverse movies. Like, so w- what happens in case of, like, if let's say Morbius is successful? Say what? what's successful? Uh, Morbius. Morbius is successful, right? Oh, right, right, and, yeah. And, and they wanted to expand, like, that, that universe. How are they going to deal with Spider-Man? Are they going to bring, bring you know... Ma- That's uh, a really good question. 
like what if what if the Sony, you know, universe of Marvel characters, that whole universe of Sony, it gets really successful with their kind of more, you know, slightly more mature, a little bit more atmospheric, um, and you know, different differently paced and feeling movies. I'm trying not mm-hmm. to be like they're not massively different from Marvel's and Mac universe, but I think that there's there's some crucial differences that attract a different audience, right? And there's also yeah. a, a, some crucial differences that make Marvel Studios fans a little bit, you know, uncertain about it too. So I think there's some difference that we have to consider, but probably Spider Verse. That would be my answer. Would probably be Spider Verse. So right, I, right. I no, I totally think that they're going to and just kill off what the you know. But that's just my opinion. I would I would have stones and Stonians and Sony and say no. You know, I we're done with you guys. So, but you that's know, a great question that, that you ask. Yeah, yeah. It I, mean, is I think that I think that basically, uh, yeah, like a, a Spider Verse would definitely be um, a very reasonable way to go about this. Um, you can have animated movies and live action movies in the same multiverse, right? So that way you can have. Uh-huh. You can have a character seamlessly phase over from an animated movie and a live action movie. Um, uh-huh. You can have you can have more family oriented animated movies. You can have more adult orient you know oriented uh, animated movies. You can have more family oriented live action movies. You can have more adult oriented live action movies, mm-hmm. and they can all live and play in the same kind of uh, thought space. So I thought that's what they were going to do anyway, but they're still hanging on. To well, the I think that there's a chance that so that could be even more likely now. Like Sony yeah. might see this movement, and Sony might be like, "Hey, we can empower the fans, and we can create our own thing here." I think that they're already thinking that, but now that the cuts out, I think that that might even be a more likelihood. Yeah, because but for those question. of us that like Marvel, that are like classic Marvel fans, yes. we do not like the MCU. You know, we don't like it. And we well, want the old Marvel I'd say, back, I can't so. speak for all Marvel fans. I, I like Spider-Man. I've always liked Spider-Man. And no, I don't like uh, the new Spider-Man. Um, I like no. Hulk. And no, I don't like the new Hulk. Um, I, I, no. The Hulk is a travesty. And Thor now. So. <laughs> I don't, I'm not yeah, big I, I have also been a Marvel fan for a long time. Like, I used to collect like Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man like, comics. Like, I, you know, and, and other comics also. Like. I'm also a Marvel fan, especially of like more uh, unknown characters, like let's say the uh, the one uh, the Thunderbolts or or uh, Carnage okay, yeah. or yeah yeah those things. But but I don't. I love yeah, X. I'm a huge X fan. Uh huh. I uh-huh. love yeah. I love the Fantastic Four. I, I read those comics. Me too. I love Me that. Too. I love the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Yeah, and and to be honest, I don't think MCU can do proper justice to Marvel itself, like the original Marvel. No. The, the, no. The, yeah. There's they a lot of Marvel characters Marvel. that just they don't fit into the Marvel. MCU. So. The MCU yeah. hijacked Marvel, and they made yeah. it something else. And it makes me sick to my stomach. And the comics are terrible, too. I mean, you know, yeah, that's, yeah. they're not. Oh, hey, that's a whole... So, we'll, we'll need to start but, a comic book podcast to talk about that. No, I mean, I'm not getting into all that, but I'm just saying... <laughs> You're really going to put that out of the universe, Disney, bro? <laughs> ever since Disney took over hey, Marvel, we, we already have a, a disaster. Uh, mind. So, but, <laughs> I'm like, so. Yeah. No, okay, truth, truth, truth. Uh, did you have any um, anything to add about that, Manu, about the idea that somehow Sony's Spider-Verse will be affected by the way the cut's gone? I want to say something you're not going to like. <laughs> I don't like that Spider-Man deal that they did with Marvel a few months ago. 
Me neither. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't, I don't know what they're planning, uh, but uh, that kind of has me in like a holding pattern. I didn't like seeing uh, the vulture in that um, in that uh, Morbius trailer. Um, it's just I don't know. Um, it's sickening, Manu. It's sickening, man. Right. Yeah, it's just it's just not. It's, it's well, just if like, we believe not that good Sam Raimi can make a good MCU film, then then if using that same logic, well, I'm not talking <laughs> to you, Manu, <laughs> but I'm just saying is that like if there are people out there who believe that, then I think that they also have to believe that Sony can include a little bit of MCU in their movie and not be completely tainted. If you think Sam Raimi can fall headlong into the MCU and come out making a, like a just through and through Sam Raimi, you know, film, then shoot. But yeah, no, I, those things concern me as well. I think that um, just in general, I think fans are going to be able to, um, they're going to be they're going to be thinking about things a little bit differently, and I think with the MCU being a little bit on its um, you know on the down low and they have to kind of start from scratch again. I think that there's opportunities for things to go in ways that we didn't expect, and also the fact that the cut is coming out has me even more optimistic than I was originally. So while I still you know I'm still concerned, I feel as though there's less need to be really concerned. <laughs> so well, you don't think so you don't think we just saved Zack Snyder's Justice League. You think we saved all of comic book movie them. That's it's possible. Oh well, wow. Possible. <laughs> I, 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 wait, you're statements here. No, no, but I'm so, just saying I'm just saying that this movie's gonna come out, right? And I think most optimistic Snyder fans are gonna say that it's gonna do amazing if we let it. Okay. So if that's the case, I think that other people are gonna take note. And we know how Snyder's movies are. Right. So I just think that that is now a factor. And I think that Sony was already considering making a, a Spider-Man f- franchise. That was a little different. Right. Now, how different it is is up to you. I'm not here to argue about that. But with with a movie that's as different as Snyder's films, getting potentially the attention that we suspected it will, that's just going to have an, an even greater effect. Um, who knows? Yeah, but uh, I, think, I, Sony, think um, doing, I think you're, you're you're making one tiny little mistake in your in your analysis, and 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 it's again I don't mean to say this to toot my own or our own horn, but not every fandom is like ours, though. No, I think that that's really close. important to remember. <laughs> not everybody's like us. No. Like like bro, like what we did, like what we did is is is. What's the word? it's unparalleled? It's, yeah, it's, and, it and, and and it comes from the fact that, and and I say this with as much love and candor as I can in my heart. We're crazy people. Like that's the, like we're yes, we're legit we're crazy. crazy we're legit people. Yeah, we're yes. crazy people. Like I just don't think that most fans could do what we did because it was not easy. And I think that it's it's important to remember that. Like it took. Two and a half years of constant pressing to get here. Do you do you, like and and I don't know and I think a lot of people like what the MCU does as well. And then that's important to to, yeah. to to put in there as well. Like not everybody dislikes the MCU as much as we are exiles for a reason, bro. Yeah, no, we're, <laughs> we're exiles, man. It's sad. The, I don't know how far from home made over one point <laughs> well, one billion dollars. This is what man. I'm saying. That's crazy. Right? That's 
we've we talked Oof. all about how oh fandom's empowered and blah 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 blah. And this is a good thing for the consumer, right? Well, honestly, if that was the case, it, nothing's changed that much. Like, okay, if if the consumer always got what they want, right? Then the only thing that was ever really affected was Snyder. Like that was the only thing that was ever really affected. There was no concern about fandom not getting what they so, want. So, Mike, you're the, just saying there's going to be a ripple effect. That's what you're right, saying. right. Well, the the MCU has been supplying fandom with good eating for twenty, you know, for 11, 10, 11 years. So it's not a matter of yeah. fandom, you know. If you like White Castle and McDonald's, right? I'm sure. saying now that all these sure. factors, right, like <laughs> the media having as much, not having as much power as they used to, <laughs> and fandom feeling a little bit more empowered, and maybe a different kind of movie getting, um, like it won't feel so. It's legitimizing to a lot of people. Okay, this is going to create a ripple effect, which will make more people feel more comfortable about demanding these kinds of movies that maybe are a little bit different. Um, is it going to have a massive effect? Maybe not. I right? I, I don't um, know, but I can tell you Star Trek fans aren't happy either. And I could care. I like the new Star Trek stuff. Me too. CBS <laughs> All Access. but And I, I'm a Star Trek original series guy. I don't like the next generation that much. But I'm just using that as an example and saying I think Star Trek is going to be next because they have a major... Uh, fracture in their fan base right. it's been fractured multiple yeah times, i could totally so. see them i can totally see them uh you know speaking up about it too so yeah the problem is they're just too geeky way too geeky a lot of them are yeah <clears throat> okay um so um we've pretty much talked about we talked about a little, a little bit everything uh one of the questions i had on here had to do with basically like do you still believe in the auteur? And I think we kind of touched on that a little bit with uh, Sam Raimi. Like if you, I think we kind of expressed our ideas and feelings about a lot of that already. So um, I think it's uh it's pretty good to wrap it up. Does anyone here have any uh, final thoughts on the, on any subject or anything they want to include? I, I, I want to say one thing before we go. Uh, sorry, I'm just trying to, Get my thoughts in order because I don't want it to come out all jumbled and shit. Um, <laughs> woo! <laughs> woo! <laughs> we won! Yeah. Yes. yes. Victory. Uh, right, Manu? Victory. Yeah, victory. victory. They're yeah. releasing yeah. the Snyder Cut. Yeah. <laughs> did that. Like, like, honestly, like, we did that. Like, through the years, through the insults, the vitriol, and everything we yeah. took. Not only that, but we're not only that we're getting the air cut. We're getting cavil back. You know, we we so, did this, and I think it's yeah. important to tell everyone out there, like, don't ever let anyone tell you there's nothing you can't do. That's because exactly if right. we had stopped, if at any point we had just been like, okay, it's now it's not gonna happen, it wouldn't have happened. You did this. We did this. Our passion, our organization. And just our love for Snyder and his family and the cast and the crew of Justice League, that is what made this happen. Mm-hmm. And and there are so many great people in this movement that did so many great things and that never asked for anything in return. So many people that don't even want to be mentioned for people to know what it is that they gave for this. And I think that, like, honestly, I just want to tell everyone that's listening to this, thank you for everything that you gave. Thank it's kind of so ironic, much. isn't it, Manu, uh, that w- it brought awareness to suicide prevention, and that's all about not giving up, yeah. you know, and persevering well that's, through that's ad- so ad- adversity. Right. I was just going to so. mention AFSP, so that was, that was a good plug there, but um, 
no, I, I agree. And I think that, um, you know, it's, it's just such a great place to be where, you know, it paid off, you know, so especially like you were talking about before, you know, with fandom being such a, um, there was so much animosity toward fandom that, you know, we've shown through this, the good things that fandom can bring, you know, AFSP, you know, the whole subway, um, you know, charity yeah. as well. And just in, in general, I mean, I think that, you know, empowering other fans to, um, to feel comfortable about, you know, the, the, the movies that they, that they watch yeah. and just, you know, speaking up, you know, of course, uh, cordially, right. About, you know, what is it you want to see and, and do it in an organized way. Cause it's the organization. That's what made us strong, you know? Um, so, you know, I really think that ultimately it's just a really positive thing and, and I'm really, I'm over the moon about it too. You know, I saw, like I said, I saw that trailer today and I just, you know, I just shout. <laughs> it's just such a, it's just such a, uh, it's so, it's so validating. So, um, but uh, I think we can go ahead and wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, um, to me, it's a new lease. It's a new lease on, you know, what we enjoy the, you know, the DCEU, the Snyder's, Snyder's DCEU, and we're getting the air cut, too. I mean, it's just right. like, I think that's really going to happen. We're going to get the air cut. Yeah, I'm pretty, and, I'm pretty certain it's going to happen. And I'm pretty certain. It's, it's really unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. As a Superman fan, I'm probably going to get maybe a Cavill Superman movie. And, and compared to Superman 3 and 4, which I liked as a kid and whatnot, that's astounding. Because those movies are terrible. so you know as much as i enjoy watching them they're just terrible movies and uh it really is it really is just unbelievable for me in a lot of ways you're getting snyder's jl you're getting superman you know coming back uh into the front of of culture and uh here's a big thing too guys an artist is not getting bullied anymore by people that have no idea what they're doing and i'm sorry but the the board under Sujihara had no idea what it was doing. No clue. So um, I can't, That's, I couldn't be happier. Right. So with this. All right. Well, hey, um, let's go ahead and it's at that time again. Let's go ahead and give our ats. Um, Arca, you're our new, our new guest on here. How, where, we can, where can we find you on social media and, and the internet, the interwebs? ARK82027. Okay, yeah, that's Arca2027. That's on Twitter. Arca's right. fierce on the internet, too. He's fierce now. Oh, yeah. I mean, so. I mean, when I heard your voice, I like, there's no way that this guy is like the same guy that that Twitter icon of what is, uh, it's Greed, right? Greed from Full Metal Alchemist. Like, there's no way that Greed yeah, from Full Metal Alchemist is this guy. <laughs> He's too nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, where, where can we find you? At. H W A T F O R D. H Watford, right? That's it. Awesome. H Watford. So, uh, you can find me at Man United O seven one zero. All right. Yeah. On Twitter. Woo! I tell you, if you if you're gonna follow me, you're gonna hear a lot about classic films. You're gonna hear a lot about Zack Snyder. You're gonna hear a lot about you know movies in general and uh, you know faith based things as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all these people are good follows, so make sure make sure you give them you hit them up on uh, on the tweets. 
Um, and you can find me, of course, on Millennial Mike at Velcro16. That's V-E-L-K-R-O-1-6. That's Velcro spelled wrong with a K. You can find The Exiles Network at The Exiles Net. You can email us at thefilmexiles at gmail.com. Um, you can find us on YouTube at The Film Exiles. Um, you know, you used to be able to find us on Twi- on Tumblr, Once Upon a Time, Rip Tumblr. And on uh, iTunes, go ahead, and if you can, we really would appreciate... I know I completely slammed you. I told I told you all guys to screw off, but uh, go ahead and give us a, a good review on iTunes, despite what I told I said about you guys. <laughs> um, if you feel passionate about it, of course, you know we really appreciate it. Um, a comment on there lets us know what we're what we're doing, what we can do better, and um, yeah, that's always appreciated as well. Uh, also, thank you so much to all of our patrons. We really appreciate your patronage, um, your support. Um, we just well, here, I'm going to give you guys a little, a little teaser here. We just signed something that's going to that's gonna be really cool. We signed something, and because of that signature that Manu and I made, it's going to... Uh, you're going to see some really cool stuff coming out. And um, hopefully this will be a little bit of, of a teaser, even that, a teaser of future things to come with the network. Um, just things to kind of improve it, you know, the image and whatnot. So I really uh, can't wait for you guys to see what's coming up next. Um, so keep an eye out on patreon.com slash the exiles network um, because we're going to give you guys some exclusive sneak peeks on all that kind of stuff. So uh, thank you again. Well, anyway, it's been a great time talking to y'all. Um, release the Snyder Cut. Woo! Absolutely. And, Woo! and the air cut. <laughs> yeah. uh, and remember to stay exiled, guys. Take care. Absolutely.